Welcome to Beer Money Pulling Team. Sit down, shut up, and hang on. Hey everybody, welcome to Let's Grow Pulling. It's Monday, September 26th. Charles Post, can you raise your hand, Charles? Ryan Rusink, say hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. You have your hat on backwards, Roos? Yes. Okay. Richard Eberhard, how are you tonight, sir? Doing fine. Yourself? Good. So, we got what we got coming up. I feel like we had you on earlier this year, back in June, and now we're coming back with the 7th Annual Fall Smokeout Truck and Tractor Pull. This Saturday, October 1st, can you kind of tell us about this event, Richard, and maybe how it came around, some history behind it? Yeah, this this is a, a backstory of actually one of our local boys. Um, ended up fighting childhood cancer. Um, one of his um, dreams was to always have a pulling tractor. Um, so a local club around here are classic super stock tractors. Um Got with Make a Wish and actually built him a classic super soft tractor. Is this a survivor tractor? Yes, it is. Oh, the Gold Hood 856, right? Yep. Or, I think yep. it's gold. We've seen this at uh, Gordyville, haven't we, guys? This tractor? Potentially. I think so. Charles, is it ringing a bell with you? It's not, but that weekend is to be, tends to be a blur. <laughs> No, it's fine. Keep going. Sorry, but I just I wanted to grab that. I'm gonna yep. go find. It. Is it Survivor Pulling Team? Maybe. So, yeah, Survivor. Um, so things worked out well for him. Uh, he actually is uh, doing well now that he's uh, married. Um, he's actually on the fair board here at Harrison County with us. Uh, so his parents decided to take and try to do something to give back. Uh, so they created the smoke out um, and the deal went through is, is we pretty much help a lot of local people uh, going through cancer, really bad stuff. Um, and it pretty much is a hit. Uh, they, they raise a lot of money. They give a lot away. Uh, so us on the fair board, we've kind of given them a hand and put it on at the grounds and, and, and try to get through, uh, you know, help them with all the details. Uh, now they have bowed out a little bit. They still participate, but uh, we've actually got pulling for a cure. Uh, they pretty much took over, made a committee, and now we've got plenty of people jumping on and trying to continue on with this deal. You know, having two events in one one location, and that's that's a lot of work, Richard, every year. I mean, but it makes you feel good because you're using the facility, but how do you keep all your volunteers I'm not going crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of people to get to get together to make it all happen. It's it's tough. No, that is for sure. If you just joined us, let's go pulling live Monday night, September 26th. We have Richard Eberhart with us. He is um, 
helping put on, or he's a promoter behind the fall smoke out truck and tractor cancer benefit pool this Saturday, October 1st. And if you're familiar with the, the survivor 856 tractor, a classic super stock out of Ohio, um, that's how this kind of all got started. I'm going to go searching for some pictures here in a little bit. Richard, can you kind of take us through some of the classes and then maybe some local pullers or how these classes are picked for your event? Uh, and it is mostly all local guys, uh, pretty much our, our county. We're saturated with a whole lot of pullers as, as we did through the fair. We, we do actually, you know, four days events through there trying to cover everybody. So this is a, a deal where we uh, are going to do, uh, I believe, 10 classes Saturday night, uh, 9,500 hot farms, um, the local boys that run those, uh, and, of course, classic super stock tractors because they're who started it. Um, the trucks that I run, uh, the super stock four-wheel drives, uh, uh, the 8,026 diesel trucks, uh, 8,030 limited pro diesels, 12.5 farm stocks, uh, 6,500 V8s, uh, 8,000 4x4 run up Jabron, uh, 6,200 pro stock trucks, and some semis. Um, and even got some local stock semi guys going to come and play just play. They always put on a good show, and the crowd always can relate to that. I think Charles understands the announcer, too. I think everybody in their life has either driven a semi-truck or has somebody who's driven truck for a living, and they really trace that brand loyalty, like a Chevy or a Ford or a Dodge thing, and you can usually get the, the crowd pretty excited with stock semis. They put on a good show. So, uh, The classic super stock tractor, Charles, that's a class I think is super cool because you see a lot of color in it. What are the yeah. Richard? Do you know the exact rules on that? I know it's like a year of sheet metal, right? Yeah, like, they, I do not. I have not ones. kept up on their rules, but okay. but you're right. They they do a, a yearly limitation, um, but but I do not know their rules of where they cut off. No, that's okay. I'm going to bring up a class of them here. Um, this is from Lisbon, Ohio, last October, so people can kind of know what we got here. So, and then uh, to add to the smoke out. Um, we actually had another local guy. Um, he he, born and raised around here. Uh, his dad was uh, showed cars, classic cars. Uh, so now he has turned around and the morning and before we start pulling, uh, he has created a very large car show. So we'll we'll have a bunch of cars here for everybody to walk around. We make this a whole day event. They'll start seven eight o'clock in the morning and. They can have something to do clear till midnight. Yep. So we're seeing some video here of some classic super stock tractors now. Um, again, I don't know the exact rules on them. If any of you are watching, you can jump on here and let me know. Uh, that'd be great. I can put that up on the screen. But um, this just kind of shows you that. The car show, that's neat when you can make a full day out of it, Richard, for your fans. And some of the pullers, too, they get there early. They can go around and check out some of the classic cars as well. Yeah. Yeah. And this year, a little addition. We started a little bit last year. Um, they, they threw in a toy show. So in, in one of the buildings on the grounds, they, you can find little farm toys, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've, I've not toured it yet, but, but yeah, they're, they're a little bit for everybody. You know, that's great. That is great. How many years has this been? You said, okay, seventh annual. Wow. I was going to ask you, and I'm just staring at the poster right in front of my face here. So yep. here is the survivor tractor that kind of started it all. So I wanted to make sure I caught this. So pretty neat. So this tractor was put together when he was, was diagnosed with cancer, right? And he always wanted to pull yes. this tractor? 
Yeah, he, he was in the hospital, and they thought things were going to go kind of bad. And, and uh, one of the make-a-wish things was he always won one of these. So um, his dad was pulling around or messing with those. Their, their family has a, a farm dealership. Um, so those guys got together, and everybody had extra parts laying around, and they created a tractor. And, and I mean, it's it, one of the best things you've ever seen. They presented it to him here at the fair, and next thing we know, here comes a smokeout. From from a puller uh, point of view, are you able to get pretty decent numbers in the classes this time of year? I know it's kind of hit or miss, Richard. This year may be tough because everybody, you know, you guys pull the same as we do. My God, the fine parts. Uh, but I think within two years, we were right about 100 hooks in the night. Oh, wow. That's a good Yeah. Job. So, so it, it's usually a good turnout. Uh, and, and like I say, it's, it's one of those deals where most of the guys, they're all here for the same thing. They'll come put a show on, never take a prize money home. And I know Roos and Charles know this as well, but like a lot of times with these fall pulls like this, it's hit or miss. Sometimes you get lucky and the guys aren't in the field and all of a sudden, bang, you get like 20 or 30 extra vehicles that you didn't plan on. And then sometimes as well, you're going to get the people that you know, but some people had to stay home. But like you said, this year, a lot of it's, it can be because of parts as well. So uh, here we go. There it is. Jeremy Antis, classic super stock, 7,700. If a competitor moves more than 200 pounds of weight forward, that vehicle's drawbar may be remeasured and vehicle reweighed at the discretion of the official. Age of the tractor, 1980 or older, but including total run of that model. Age of driver, 16 years or older, under 18, must have parent or guardian consent. Same rules as PPL, and it's an 18-4 tire on there. So uh, I just think this is a neat class. The first time I got exposed to this class was at um, at Clint Tucker's event, the What Smoke and Winter Nationals. And um, mm -hmm. just good. I like to see all the color in it. It mixes it up. So for sure. I'll bring that poster back up again. How'd your season go, Richard, with the trucks? I know you were working hard on them that night before your guys' fair pull. Uh, they were actually putting them together the night their night before, if I believe correctly. So yeah, they were. Um, the, the the white truck that I drive, get her done. Is Richard freezing on us, guys? Seems to be, yeah. Uh... I'm going to kick him off for a second and have him come back with some better some better things. Rye or Charles, you got any more questions for Richard if he comes back on? Um, no, I didn't really. Okay, Rye? Well, we got to ask what he'd go, what he'd steal and go pulling with. Absolutely. I'm sure he'll get back on here in a second. These classic super stocks are fun to watch. And for those of you who hopefully can head out to Cadiz, Ohio this weekend, um, I know they had a really good fair pull earlier this year. They had, I think they had a couple nights of it. Hopefully Richard will come back and have some better uh, some better internet there. Um, again, they got, let's see, your pull starts at 3 p.m., gates open at 7 a.m. Here he's coming back on right now. Classes are 95 Hot Farm, 77 Classic Supers, 4x4 Super Stock Trucks. That's a class Richard pulls in. 2.6 uh, Smoothbore Diesel Trucks, USA East Rules, 8,000-pound 3.0 Limited Pros, 12.5 Farm, 6,500 V8s, 8,000 Run What You Brung. That's a 4x4. They mix the gassers with the diesels. I've seen that video on YouTube before. Uh, 6,200 Pro Stocks, 
and then semis OSTP rules to get all this money. So it's it's charitable. Hey, Richard, there you're back, buddy. So I can see me. I just can't see you right now. That's okay. You, it's not really much to look at anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, we're we're still <laughs> as ugly as we were when you saw us before. <laughs> Speak, except for Charles, he's a beautiful. He's our pretty face on Let's Grow Pulling. So I feel like warmed over dog food tonight, but <laughs> thank you anyway. Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna put Richard's um. I'm gonna put Richard's phone number in the comment if any of you have any questions, and uh, we'll keep jamming on this a little bit. So, yeah, Richard, kind of. Um, I want to wrap things up with you here, and then Ryan always asks a question to all of our guests, but um, kind of give us the highlights again of all the events for those maybe people just jumping on the show. This is a, a benefit. Uh, like I say, we make a whole day out of it. It's a car show in the morning, um, a toy show in the building, uh, plenty of good food. Our, our local farm bureaus, they, they do a lot of food, 4-H clubs, um, and, a, and a nice Ten round pool for the evening. Uh, everything that, that that goes through all gets benefit to help all any local family that's in need goes directly to families. Um, and like I said, we we they give away a lot of money in the last few years. Oh, that's great, Richard. Can you hear us? I'm still. Yep. Okay, Roos, go with your question. All right. All right, so I got two questions for you, actually. One of them is um, is promoting related. I want to know what the best piece of advice you've ever been given as a promoter is. So, the, like, the one piece of advice that you would pass along to somebody else who's doing something like this. Well, I've never been considered as a promoter myself, but, you know, um, that's what we do through the fair board. But the, the biggest is is... Don't be scared to ask other people how to make things work. Communications, get, talk to a lot of people because there's, there's a lot of people doing it that will take and get you in the right direction. You want to shout out anybody who's been particularly helpful for you? Go for it. Floor is yours. Uh, not really. I, like I said, I, I, you know, just draw a blank. But the committee of this fall smokeout, all these people, they, they take and work really hard to make this happen. Good deal. Good deal. So the other question, the, the, the easier one, uh, is if you could steal the keys to anything and go pulling with it for a weekend on the house, you break it, big deal. They're paying for it, not you. Um, what would you, uh, what would you take the keys to and, uh, where would you pull it and why? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be on top of one of the little mini rods. Uh, and get beat around the cage. I mean, them, them would trick the trigger. There ain't no doubt. Like, get out on a national, I mean, get, yeah. I'd, I'd like to try one of them. Where would you pull it? I would probably west somewhere. I'd say get out Wisconsin, somewhere out that way. Get into a national show. Fair enough. I want to bring up your Facebook page real quick, Richard. We'll buzz through that while we wait for our other promoter to come on. Give me a second. Bruce, I love the <clears throat> you've done been doing that the last couple of weeks, the, the promoter question. I think that's awesome. So thank you for that. So well, we're supposed to we're supposed to be helping other promoters get their, you know, learn and do better. And so that's one way that we can do that. 
and you know Richard alluded to it when he uh, talked about don't be afraid to ask for help because there are people who will tell you how to do things. I've, I mean, Richard's got examples in his own life. Me just sitting around, I've watched people come up to, you know, uh, Don Slama and ask him, how do you do this with your show? And I've watched Don take 10 minutes and explain it. So that's a good thing. That's stuff that we like seeing. Oh, it's huge. <laughs> because if you can go to school on what somebody else has learned and you actually listen to it, there's a, that's a great thing. That is a great thing. Richard, besides your class, what are your, some of your favorite classes are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, the, the big 3.0 class around here, that 3.0 diesel, they're, they have the guys are putting on a big show right now. I mean, they, they're finishing up their season. Uh, they'll do. Uh, hopefully, the, the 8,000 round, which rung. Um, we, we've seen Hodges here before. Um, so hopefully, we'll get a couple of those guys come around because they're always nice to watch those big diesels run. Now, Richard, are any of these classes points classes, or this are pretty much everybody's points uh, races done out there by you? We're we're close to being done to the end of season on points, um, and and we don't really like to do the benefit as any points, just for the fact that we're just trying to raise money for a good cause. So we don't run a big high dollar show. Uh, just come out, and have some fun, and and. Let's raise some money to give away to some, some people who really need it. No, totally, totally, totally agree. And what's the cost to get in again? Five bucks? Five bucks. Man, you can't beat that with the big stick, Richard. That's awesome. No, no. So, how's the. And, and there, there's such a line of sponsors. Uh, the the yeah. people open their wallets and give to this with not much question. Uh, because, again, it, it, it goes to a lot of their, you know, their neighbors that are in trouble and and things are a bad way, it, that's that's what it's for. You know, you're going through the worst thing you ever think about, uh, you know, somebody that's that's told you have cancer. So, yeah, it it, it doesn't take long to raise a, a decent amount of money. Oh, yeah. There's the there's sponsors up there on the screen. Uh, the Facebook is pulling for a cure truck, a tractor pull, and I put that link in the comments if you want to go and give that Facebook page a like. So, um well, Richard, we're going to let you go. Thanks for coming on tonight. Good luck this weekend. And last question is, how's the weather looking for this Saturday? Uh, they're saying there could be some rain showers come in late in the evenings, but the mornings should be good. We're, we're still um, 70s for heat and only in the 50s for cold, so we're, we're not too bad. Good deal. Good deal. Richard, thanks for coming on tonight. Good luck this weekend, buddy. Thank you, guys. We'll see, see you, later. buddy. Good luck. So the Hillsdale, Michigan promoters are not on yet, Charles, but I want to start talking about that. And I don't know, you might know a little bit about this. Roos, is this close to your old stomping grounds at all? No, this is a bit of a hike. Okay. Um, but I know Doug sent them a message, but we at least want to cover it. I want to, we have uh, Jim and Paul Holman coming on at 830. And I just want to make sure we touch about this all. Charles, this has to be getting to the end of uh, the Wolverine series or year, don't you think, bud? Yeah, traditionally, this is the last um, real hook at that level in state. I mean, there'll be some club level stuff going on yet, but um, this one's this one's the wrap up. It's been a two day show. 
to end that fair week down there um, for a long, long time. It's kind of a cool event to go to because it is the last one in the area. It's a last chance to see some guys. You'll get some guys who will actually travel to this one to get that one last run in for the season. Um, it's uh, a few years ago, they moved the track. It's uh, its own dedicated track now in the infield. They used to pull on the horse track, which made it quite a, um, I know the pullers kind of hated it, but it had a lot of character to go watch a pull there because they had to contend with the loose material and the fact that it was sloped pretty hard to the left and, and seeing what the different approaches were going to be and how they were going to tackle that challenge. But uh, they don't have to worry about that anymore. They can they can play on a flat surface with actual, you know, good good clay dirt in the center now. Um, yeah, usually a good program. And it's typically the last one because after this, your chances of – having a rain out on any given day through October just skyrocket exponentially. So that kind of, kind of does it in. Do you know, um, I know this is a Thursday, Friday, Thursday, the 29th and Friday, the 30th, Charles, is there any yeah. reason for that or? Um, I don't think, I think it's just the way they've always done it. It's historically okay. been end of the week like that. No, I'm just so used to Friday, Saturday. I think, I think we do have something with their grandstand for like Saturday night that, you know, finishes off the, fair that's i don't know if it's a concert or what sure no and that's fair i just wasn't sure if you knew anything about that if any of you are headed over to hillsdale michigan this thursday or friday please type in the comments let us know um thursday seven o'clock super farm tractors mods two-wheel drive trucks and then friday uh super farm tractors mods and then hot farm tractors so this would be region two right charles but it would be state level wolverine um this is i believe region two now um for years and years and years it was a state level hook but now it's uh regional okay so so the underly points now are these going against next year already is that how that works yeah it is yeah okay gotcha i'm trying to find their facebook page right now so two-wheel drives is kind of you know if, if you were used to going there years ago you never saw the two-wheelers on that on the horse track they they basically refused to pull there um now that they got that infield track, it's you get a chance to actually see the two-wheel drive trucks there, which in the past you just you wouldn't. Uh, you guys getting some rain up there because they shut down the kids' pedal pool. Has it been wet, Charles? Yeah, it's rained here most of the day today. Yeah. Okay, so it's Region Two. Tim Fortin says, and then Randy Proctor says, monster trucks are Saturday. So got it. I'm gonna bring up the old Facebook page right now. I found it. I'm gonna throw that in the comments. The comments as well. Here and we are going to talk about uh JR Collins as well. I'm not forgetting that, I have that on my notes, but I wanted to get right into our interviews tonight. <clears throat> it's important that I did that because we got, like I said, uh, Charles lined us up with the Holman brothers, and that's not every night, every Monday night we get to talk to uh legends, and that's pretty cool. Very, very cool. Uh, let's see here. So, hillsdalecountyfair.org, here's their website, guys. Fair season's wrapped up in Wisconsin, Charles. You guys, you Michiganers, Michiganers go a little harder. So yeah, I, this is this has got to be one of the last ones. There can't be too many after this. Like I say, the weather takes a real turn, you know, in the next week or so. Really, actually, it already has. We went from 70s and 80s and sunny to Thursday. It dipped in. It didn't even get out of the 50s, and it's cold and raining. Looks like it's a full week. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big fair. They they do they do all right down there. They have a nice Facebook page. So I like that. Order grandstand tickets now. 
So bump and run demo derby Sunday. That was last Sunday. Then the Monday, the truck, tough truck and car races. And then here's our NTPA truck and tractor pulls. That's what we're promoting here for these guys, the demo derby. And then Saturday, I think, was the monster truck, somebody said. So, yeah, monster truck show. That makes sense on that. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, see if I can find some pictures on the Facebook page of the poll. Charles, when's the last time you've been to this one, bud? It, I'm dating myself here. The last time I went to Hillsdale, I think, was 2002. It's been a minute. Ooh. Been a minute. Been a minute. Let's ask the Holman brothers if they've ever been to Hilldale, Michigan. So, Hey, guys. Good evening. Have you ever been to Hillsdale, Michigan for the truck pulls? Yes. Oh, Mick Broughton's jumping in right away. So <laughs> I knew that would do it. He can relate. So. Guys, um, we're honored to have you. Uh, we do this every Monday night. We've been doing it for years, but it's not every Monday night we get legendary pullers on here. So thank you for coming on. Um, we don't have any money. If we did, we'd send you some of it, but not all of it. But um, just it means a lot that you're on here. And I'm going to let Charles take care of this. But um, uh, back in 2016 in Bowling Green, I bought a four-play truck and your fire gloves, and I gave it to my dad. So when you drink whiskey, you'll do a full wish uh, for a truck. So I want to thank you guys for donating that. And uh, But you guys signed it, and you signed your fire gloves. And there, my dad has a man cave down his place in Iowa. So I'm honored to have you guys on our show. And I'm uh, just, yeah, super, super excited. Everybody, please ask questions. I'll throw them in there. Um, yeah, Charles, go, buddy. We got the Holman brothers on. Yeah, thank you guys for uh, entertaining the idea coming on. I appreciate it. Um, Really just started from a simple question about the truck and, and just, you know, the thought I had in this past week. But, you know, before we get into to that, you know, how did it start for you guys? You guys kind of broke out in the in the mid-80s. What was the impetus to go do this? I guess I started first. Uh, I used to go with Bill Armstrong to watch pulls. Uh, Carl Bidwell was the first four-wheel drive truck that I remember. So that's, that's what got me interested. And I had a 73 Chevy pickup that I used on the farm. And I had a gooseneck grain trailer that I pulled the, pulled with my pickup. And it, it, it pulled out of the field really hard. So I did a few things to make it do a better job of pulling that trailer out of the field. And they had a pull local pull at Marincy, Michigan, and a few friends, maybe Jim, kind of goaded me to take my truck up there to, to pull. So we did, and I ended up winning all four classes. So <laughs> truck was set. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what year would that have been when you guys started? Uh, that would have been probably 77. Probably 77. Yeah. 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 I had put a posse in the front end of the truck. You know, nobody thought about back then, nobody thought about doing such a thing as that. And I don't know if you guys remember, if you're old enough, that that vintage of 350 Chevy, the camshafts were soft in them. And that was one motor that the camshaft went out of it early. So I... I just bought a cam from a friend 
and that had built up a motor and then he blew it up. So the cam was brand new. I just bought it from him because it was cheap, new cam and lifters. And it was, you know, a little, little better than stock. It, it worked really good. And, it, you know, it woke the motor up in my truck pretty good. So it would turn pretty good. So that was a, another reason why I had that early success. <laughs> At that time, was there anybody kind of who, who you guys would have said was was your your guiding light in getting started and, and kind of kind of brought you along? No, I really can't. I mean, there was other pullers. Like, uh, well, there, there wasn't many mods back. Then. No, there wasn't there many. Was maybe the guy from Indiana who was at uh, over by Arcola Smith, wasn't it? Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith had one. Yeah. But for the salt shaker it was really the first mod that I remember seeing in our area. In our area, yeah. yeah. So that first brings up we, that brings up the, the, you mentioned the salt shaker. There, there's also the pepper shaker. Now, did you guys at one time own both of those, or was that just a, a team truck, so to speak? Well, Bill and I built a salt shaker, and then Bill and Gary Baldwin, who pulled a a single engine mod uh, previous to that, he had a, a 540 Rodec aluminum block engine, which was fairly new at that time. You know, a Rodec was a big deal back then. So he took the motor out of the wedge tractor and, and him and Bill built a super modified pickup, which became Pepper Shaker. And we campaigned them together. We were, you know, pretty much ran together on Ohio State Circuit back in the, I'd say, er, late 70s, early half of the 80s. So I had, had good success with both of them. How much of foreplay and, and the current pepper shaker pulling truck is tied to those two? Is any of, any of that still those original trucks or have they been, or are they kind of a, a replacement tribute sort of thing? the the frame on our truck is still the same original frame than the and the front springs the the leaf springs everything else has been changed uh the pepper shaker was uh sold to uh, robin coy from uh striker and he's pulling it as an altered gas yeah and doing a really good job with it he's got a yeah he's Got a serious 632 in it, and uh, he, yeah, <laughs> he's he's really doing well. It's still mostly the original pepper shaker too. Right, it's still it's, the original steel body, you know, the floor and everything. And yeah, they have to be original frame. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that's still the original pepper shaker with a different motor in it. Right. Do you guys? I mean, I'm sure it's a source of pride for you, but do you also kind of maybe? Um, is there a party that has a little bit of a giggle at the idea that, that you still are running an OEM frame with leaf springs in the front and you bring it in out of a fifth wheel behind a pickup truck? You don't have tube frame and carbon fiber and a 3,000 foot long semi, and you just go out and put a whooping on everybody. <laughs> I can't deny it. Like you said, it's a little bit of a giggle to, to still be using that old frame and and competing with the, you know, the latest tube frames and, and so on. So you're right. 
But but on the other side, it still works. It'll that truck is always hooked to anything. It'll work on a power track. It'll work on sand. So it's pretty forgiving. So that, that's the other reason. I mean, it still works. It's yeah. It's heavy, but it it still works. We've worked with it so long that we we know it inside and out. We know what we need to do if we you know to tweak it to get it where we want it to be or we think we do. So it's we have a a lot of things we can change on it that you know that probably the average person wouldn't notice. So we can we can adjust you know the flex and so on pretty good with it. It's probably things we can do that you can't do as a tube frame. You're doing that with like you know turnbuckles located throughout the throughout the frame or we don't want to get into too much detail. I mean, I won't ask you for the secret yeah. sauce. No, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Just just a curiosity point. Well, just, yeah. Just to say it's it's highly adjustable. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. You guys have stayed pretty loyal on your engine program too, keeping it a Chevy. It seems like everybody these days has gone to a Hemi, um, but you guys didn't. Well, you can explain that. To me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Chevy. It's, yeah, it's not really a Chevy anymore. Um, it's got Chevy rod and main bearings in it. I can say that for it. But uh, they've changed our class and they've evened it up a bunch. That you know, the Sonny's Hemi's make a ton of power, but they're not super reliable, especially the valve train. So. I guess it's our view if you're if you're breaking stuff all the time, a you can't afford to keep doing it, and, and it kind of takes the fun out of it. So we wanted something that made good power, but was also very reliable. So we're not working on it. We'd rather rather enjoy the events and the people that are there, and rather than wrenching on the motor in the dirt and the, and the hot sun. That's definitely a, a fair point. Guys, if you got any questions for the Holmans, be sure to drop them in the uh, comment section. We'll we'll do our best to to ask them. Um, there's one from Cody. He says, uh, "Being a young buck trying to build a pulling truck, where would you put most of your attention when building it?" Hmm. Boy, probably the motor. <laughs> that's where we've usually sunk most of our monies in, yeah. in the motor. It's always been a struggle between the the chassis being able to hook it up and and make it more powder power out of the motor and usually the motor is Tony's asking about uh, the the night that the lights went out at a pool in Michigan. I think that was Hudsonville, was it not? Yeah, it was. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I didn't I wasn't there for that night. I'm not sure what happened. You see want to know why the lights went out? I'm guessing that's his question. Okay, uh, a, a, a shuttle bus caught the guy wire on the the main entrance pole to the fairgrounds. Oh boy! And jerked the wires loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not yeah, I guarantee that's what happened. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you, Tim Wyden was there to see it. Yeah, according to a couple of our competitors, it was a conspiracy. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, we ended up winning that, and our, some of our competitors complained we won because the sled cooled off while it was sitting there waiting for them to, you know, get some temporary lights back up. 
This is yes. the best place, guys, to start rumors. So if you want to just kick something off tonight, <laughs> just stay out there and let it go. So I was say, the, the sled cooling off, that's a new one for me. Yes, that is very new. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say where that came from, but uh, it was kind of new to us, too, and I don't I don't think there's any valid validity to it. Uh, yeah. Some guys think that, you know, first guy down the track has an advantage. They, they think the oil's cold in the sled, so the the box not reacting as fast. Maybe the the trip's not getting pushed down as fast. Things like that. I I don't believe it myself, but some some people do. Some pullers do. I've never heard that theory before. I mean, somebody really was uh, had their thinking cap on to come up with an excuse there. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, guys, how many laps do you figure that this truck has made? How many miles have you put on that truck oh, on boy. a 300, 350-foot pulling track? Any idea? I wish we'd have kept track, you know, looking back. It took it, out the odometer, and it just all went to crap afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's got to have, what, at least a thousand? Well, over 20 years. It, of, well, oh, 30. 40. 40? Okay, 2,000 runs. <laughs> Figure probably. average probably 25 runs a year for 40 years. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, we put more than that on it. Back so in the day, it was more, 40, yeah. but but now it's less than that. We yeah, only, that's true. We only put, what, 14 on it this year. So, yeah. yeah. But, People yeah. don't realize that, too, with the truck class. Everybody knows about the tractors having, having the multiple weight breaks back in the day, but the trucks did, too, didn't they? 5,862? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we got started with Jim driving first and me second, because he always drove the 58 and I drove the 62 just because I weigh more. That was the logic behind it. <laughs> I told people that he drove first because he was always afraid that I was <clears throat> I was going to break it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something a brother would say. Right. <laughs> Uh, somebody I've, it, well we can get to Cody's this one first um, do you find more enjoyment watching trucks with older chassis and older power plants more or, or less than the trucks with the, all the new stuff well when we're watching it's you're if you're asking us we're the only one with the old stuff <laughs> everything you see is new uh, new chassis and, and new engines new technology now you know ours I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Our engine's as techy as anything out there. So don't yeah. don't think that we're doing it with a 427 truck engine out of the junkyard. It's it's uh, it's really high end. Yeah. Jim's yeah. being you mean it, He actually. You mean it didn't come out of an old, uh, you know, a 77 grain truck? No. <laughs> You're kidding. No, no it's, a, it's a billet block, and uh, Jim actually designed it. Yeah, it's a it's a clean sheet of paper. I call I tell everybody it's a mutt. Yeah, it's there's there's only one other uh, one like it. Uh, Dave Boss made made him made both of them, and he has one, and we have one. So gotcha. I, I knew you guys had been pretty heavily involved in the development for what you were running, but I guess I I didn't realize you guys actually designed it too. Yeah, yeah, we worked with uh, Dave Visner in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yep. He's, uh, Okay, if you're familiar with Dave, he's a 
uh, prototype cylinder head guy is kind of his forte. So between the three of us, we we designed it. I don't know, was that over a winter? We traded ideas back and forth. Took quite a while, though. Yeah. That was one thing that kind of got us behind the eight ball in the uh, early 2010s. We were still running a 4.9, and a lot of people had gone to a five-inch motor, and we were, it took us longer to get it going and all, you know, all worked out than what we thought it would. So that's, but it, it's paying off now. So for sure. Um, somebody had asked early, earlier, I think it might've been Cody as well on this one. That was uh, when, you know, you guys have been at it so long and you've been very successful winning pretty much. There isn't anything you guys haven't won, but, is there any events that have kind of gone by the wayside that you miss being able to go to? And, and what, what made it special about those particular events? Oh, boy. There's a lot of them. We always, back in the day, we went to Hamburg, New York, Syracuse, New York, you know, to the state fair. The Ohio State Fair was pretty cool. Ohio State Fair. That's, that's going way back. Yeah. We used to go to Lincoln, Nebraska for the final. That's going way back, too. So, those are just, was that the Nebraska State Fair then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a few of them that just you know pop up right now. A lot of places we went once and that was it. <laughs> One and done, I call. There's been a there's been a number of those and that I can think of, and heck, I think I've I've been to some of them that you guys were at that that fall into that category. Yeah. Heck, the first time I ever saw you on the track was one of those events, I believe, uh, in Rock Valley in 2020. Okay, yeah, yeah we, we enjoyed that event. Yeah. Well, we'd love to have you back. <laughs> well, we would love to go back. Uh, yeah. There was a conflict with Dodge City this year. Mm -hmm. Dodge City changed the date. or We were hoping that it was on going to be in all consecutive weekends, so we, we would have been at Rock Valley. Gladly. We, one thing I like to tell people, or we were really, when we went to Rock Valley, that was an awesome trip and really surprised and pleased with the reception we got from the, the other pullers, the officials, everybody just treated us like kings and, and, you know, they did a super job running the event. We we would pull with the outlaw organization anytime. They're they're an awesome bunch of guys. When people found out you guys were there, all of our phones just blew up. I mean, like social media. Yes. The Holden yeah. brothers are at Rock Valley. We started uh -huh. getting pictures and it was so funny. It was like when Esden Lane went to Wisner, Nebraska. It was it was insane. Yeah. It was uh, insane. So yeah, well, we didn't really know what to expect, you know, from the other pullers. You know, you never know. But no, they, 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 they uh, welcomed us with open arms, and it was great. Never forget it. Well, I think I think uh, I could probably speak for the outlaw leadership, and I'm not on it or a part of it, but uh, I can guarantee you that uh, you have an open invite to any outlaw hook that you want to come out and play with. Yeah. They would be happy to have you, and I would be happy to take a picture while you're there. 
<laughs> John, John's inviting you guys to California right now, too. So that's, that's true. That's about, so. I don't think we got that in us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Have you pulled in California before, guys? No. Farthest west we went was uh, Rock Springs, Wyoming. So that's that's almost out of Wyoming going to the west. Yeah. That was another one and done. That was a one and done. Yeah, that wasn't such a hot event. That track was not good. <laughs> that was a part throttle pass. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite place to hook? Oh boy. There's I don't know. I'd probably I'd probably get it down to two. I hate to name events, but right. Chapel Hill's pretty special and bowling green right you know when you can when you can pull in front of a crowd that big that's that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah when and you Colin and one of our uh one of the comments uh one of the questions in the comments was uh what are some of the uh more memorable uh hooks that you made or the most interesting places that you've hooked that a lot of us either don't remember or not know of any good stories yeah, I took a, a trip, let's see, that would have been 80, 88, I think it was. So it was only our second year pulling nationally. And there were three pulls in a row. One was uh, Syracuse, New York, the New York State Fair, and one in uh, New Hampshire, kind of cook, and one in Essex Junction, Vermont. Mm. But uh, so we went to, first one we went to is New Hampshire, came back to, uh, the New York State Fair in Syracuse, and then finished up in Essex Junction. And this was within a week. But the one in uh, Syracuse, um, I won both classes with a full pole both nights, the only one. And I was, you know, we were running, I think, a 604 back then. Yeah. Um, against, you know, guys that, you know, with Lee Edwards Motors, big 700-inch or, you know, 680-somethings. Um, so that was that was pretty special for me. I was pulling against all the big dogs out there, and that's that's when we were still nobodies. So had the officials over teching me really close afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone had asked, and I think I know the answer now, knowing that you guys actually designed the engines you have, but uh, would you consider the idea of, of, uh, of building a big-inch motor to try PPL? You know, I, I, if we would run PPL, I think we'd just run the same thing. I, um, you know, I, I don't want to sound cocky, but I think we can run with them with the 650. And there's there's guys that that run 650s. I don't know whether you know it or not, but there's, you know, there's several 650s that run PPL. Uh, the Varners both have 650s, and they do good. Yeah. Um, and I... I think Jimmy Bosch this year finished the year with his 650 and was doing fine. Okay. You know, the those big motors, they'll make a lot more torque, but on the top end, you know, we just, we, ours turns higher RPM and, you know, it doesn't make as much torque, but if you make it up with RPM, you can kind of arrive at the same horsepower and get the same, same amount of work done. Yep. What year did you guys uh, switch the steel out and go to the fiberglass? I think 2005. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. 
Yeah, that was that's a story too. <laughs> nobody, you know, nobody really makes a 60 fiberglass body. And I found a place in Tennessee online. Um, of course, I was a lot younger and dumber back then. I sent them a deposit on it without ever visiting. They said they'd make us one. And it took forever. Went down there to get it and pay them the rest of the money. And, and what a hole that place was. It was in an old Ford dealership in Tennessee uh, in the hills. And it was the biggest mess. And what we got was the, an even bigger mess. That body was really bad. They didn't really have molds for a 60 cab. They used a 65 and then hacked off the, the A-pillars and kind of faked in some A-pillars. And it, it was rough. Mm. So we spent, we spent the next 13 months remolding that body. So it's, it's kind of a one-off. But it, it took a lot of work to get it to where it is. So that's, that's so the that original is, one then. That's that's the original one. You've never cracked it or anything. No, no. it's still the original one and and the paint that yeah. the original paint's still on it. Wow. From, from then, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, local guy, body shop guy, he painted the, the steel body for us and so we got the glass body mounted up and everything ready for some final body work and took it up to him. And he worked on one bedside for one week and called us in and said, guys, I can't do it. <laughs> that darn fiberglass, you try to get it straight and it moves if you push it very hard when you're, when you're blocking it down. He said, I don't have time I, and the patience to do this. So he, he said, I'll clear a space in the back of the shop if you want to come in at night and work on it. So that's, <laughs> wow. That's, that's how it got done. He gave me gave me his key and he let me use all his tools, which his kids couldn't believe because he was he was really fussy. He wouldn't hardly let them do it, but he he gave me a key and I'd go in there at night and work on glass and body filler and block it, and then he painted it for us when it was done. How much does the driving style differ between the two of you? Do you walk into a show and kind of look at the track and go, well, maybe you should drive tonight. This suits you better. Is that a conversation you guys have? No, not, no, really. not really. And usually we, you know, we split. So if it's a, you know, a lot of the Grand Nationals are two night events. So, you know, he's driving one night and I'm driving another. We don't, we don't drive really different, maybe a little bit, but, but not. And it kind of, it's kind of funny. You kind of go in, in streaks where you you can really feel what you're doing and, and you do exactly what you want. And then you get on streaks where you feel like you can't do anything right. And, you know, it just, it just isn't working right. <laughs> and it just comes and goes. We're seeing it right now in the, in the tractor world and, and a little bit in the two-wheel drive world as well. Is there is there evolution going on in, in tire design? I mean, the Nichols tire for, for the four-wheel drives anyway has been out for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years now, it seems like. But is is that still a thing with with the particular class you guys are running? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Mayhill tire, you know, has come out, and several guys are running those. And Nichols is, is uh, experimenting all the time. You know, his tires may look the same to you, but 
and I don't want to say too much, but but they're they're trying different designs all the time. Yeah, I I've seen their different that. front tire that he came up with this spring and, and saw that. Yep. One. Yeah. So, yeah, it, they're always working on on different designs, and like I said, I don't know how much they want out, but I. I'm not going to say too much because I sure, probably no, know fair. a little bit more than most people, but yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. And the, the Mayhill coming out with his tire is really pushing nickel to nickels to get better, you know? Right. So they're yeah. kind of pushing each other to, to improve. Yeah. So you said that you go through streaks where, where you can't miss and you're feeling it and everything's working right. <laughs> and then you go through the other side of that coin that nobody likes to talk about where where you can't do anything right. What's in, in your career, what's the biggest challenge that you guys have ever had to overcome? Hmm. I don't know. For, you mean from a physical standpoint or, or trying to keep it on the track or? Kind of, I kind of, you can take it any way you like, but I mean, like, you know, w whether it be, you know, a, a year where the chassis just had a real bad year and just didn't cooperate or the motor just would, you know, it would lay down at 175 feet and you just could not figure out why. And, you know, stuff like that. We, like, the, you had, know, the trials and tribulations. We've had both of those exact things. <laughs> we went through years where... The, the motor was laying down at the end of the run and we couldn't figure out why. And we've had a lot of years where the chassis just wasn't working, wasn't hooking. You know, we weren't getting a good hole shot. It wasn't staying hooked at the end of the run. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of years like that. Yeah. And some of the, some of the solutions, you know, eventually you figure it out when you figure it out, you go, Oh my word, you know, just the dumbest little things made the difference. Mm -hmm. So if we only knew what we knew yet, <laughs> what we know now, if we'd known that 10 or 20 years ago, <laughs> yeah. life would have been a lot better. But, yeah, we've we've gone through those struggles several years. So all you can do is keep your head down and, and keep trying stuff. Colin asks, uh, outside of you two, has anyone else driven foreplay? Yeah. Uh, John Heilman. John Heilman drove it uh, a couple years when there was a circuit in Florida in the early 80s. We actually trailered with John. He hauled our truck for us. And uh, John, <laughs> John Heilman's actually who taught me how to drive a semi. But uh, there was a weekend when, when I couldn't go. I forget where the event was, but John drove it for me, or for Bill and I. It was Bill and I back then. So, I guess once since it's been read, nobody else has driven it, right? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's driven a driven four play, if you want to say it. Yeah, that way. since Jim's come aboard, boy, it's yeah. just been him and I. Yeah, and of course, Bill Armstrong, who I built the truck with. Uh, I don't know how many of your viewers remember or heard of Bill Armstrong, but uh, we we laid him to rest this weekend. 
uh, he had a short battle with cancer. And so I don't know anybody that remembers him. We, yeah, we lost him this past week. Mm, sorry to hear that. I, I had no mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. A lot of going to missing me. A ton of knowledge there. He was my teacher for sure. Well, it appears to me, just from the outside looking in, you were a pretty damn good student. <laughs> well, maybe. I tell everybody, I I had the two best teachers, my dad, well, Jim and I, and Bill, you know, just taught me everything. You name it, how to weld, how to fabricate, mechanic. My, our dad was a carpenter, and uh, just, oh, boy, what a wealth of knowledge, you know, was passed on. I I feel so lucky. I just, words can't explain it. Yeah, work ethic from both of them. They were both yep. just super, super hard workers. So we're blessed to have the parents that we did. And the you know the Christian upbringing that we received from them, people can't believe they don't see Jim and I fighting and cussing and swearing at each other. But we owe that to our parents. It's good. That's a good, good upbringing for sure. Yeah, most a lot of people aren't quite that lucky. That's right. Yeah. Guys, what's the best advice anybody's ever given you about track, uh, truck and tractor pulling? Somebody probably told you, don't do it. And thank the Lord that you didn't listen. We're, we appreciate that. <laughs> that, was, that, was probably, that was probably our dad at first. Yeah. And, then, and then he ended up being the biggest supporter of it. <laughs> you know, that happens probably a lot more times than, than anybody yeah. realizes. He didn't want me to buy that four-wheel drive pickup for a farm truck. He he said, you don't, of course, he never had one. So he says, you don't need that four-wheel drive truck. Well, he didn't know in the back of my mind I wanted a gooseneck trailer to, to use on the farm. So that was my main reason for getting four-wheel drive. Plus, Bill Armstrong had one, you know, and I, I could see the, you know, the advantages on the farm of, of having one so yeah but yeah it's funny like jim said he was he went from negative to our biggest fan pretty fast (laughs) jim and dad actually campaigned a uh 72 gmc pickup together in the stock class for a few years a lot of most people don't know that so dad went from don't do that to being a half owner in a truck (laughs) <laughs> Chad Stevenson's asking uh, when you went to the fiberglass body how much weight did that save for you guys we we don't know exactly because we didn't believe it or not we didn't weigh it before or after but yeah I'd say two three hundred pounds um, our our steel body was about as light as you could make a steel body it was Basically, it was like a beer can. All the body panels were just bolted together, and there was no double wall anywhere in that body. 
So when when you looked on the inside, you were looking at the backside of the outside sheet metal. So it wasn't as heavy maybe as some other steel bodies. And then our glass body's probably heavier than everybody else's because it's a one-off. So the the glass is heavier and, and the framing that we put in it is heavier than most guys do. Um, I guess mostly because we've got full doors that have door panels in them and, and all the factory latches and everything. And they open and close, you know, like they did when it was a steel body. So uh, it's it's not as light as probably 99% of them out there. So that's between that and the frame, that's why the truck's a little bit on the heavy side. Kevin James is asking, and it's actually I'm going to expand his question a little bit. When you guys started running at, at the mod four-wheel drive level, um, were at any time early in those days, were you carbureted or were you fuel injected pretty much right from right from go? Carbureted. Yeah, we started out with a, a dominator carburetor, and then we went to the single toilet bowl. We got that through Earl Gertie who was doing our engines at that time. And then uh, Jim and I decided we wanted to go to a, try a twin uh, throttle body on a tunnel ram, but Earl sold his injection business to uh, Joe Monroe from Indianapolis. So he told us to go see him and we did. And at the same time, they had just come out with a the new what they call the Pontiac head, if you remember that. So mm -hmm. we uh, went and talked to Joe, and and he agreed to make us a ton, you know a tunnel ram twin toilet injection. And then we asked him if he knew where we could get. We were actually looking for a set of used Pontiac heads, and he told us to go see Steve Schmidt. Maybe he'd have some. So that's how we got hooked up with Steve. Steve didn't have any used ones, but he talked us into a new set. <laughs> and he also, he also had a, a sheet metal intake, which I I think we were the first ones in our class to run a sheet metal intake. I'm sure we were. And uh, Steve said, this darn intake, I, I can't use it because it makes too much torque. I, you know, it... Uh, I can't, I have trouble breaking the tires loose off the line. And we said, boy, that's too bad. We'll take it. Because, <laughs> you know, you need torque and pulling. So we took that intake over to Joe and and he made the injection. And there's more to the story than that. Then you ask how we got started with our own injection. Uh, the night that... We went over and got our, when the injection was done, went and picked it up from Joe. Uh, he was outside laying underneath a camper, changing a starter in the rain, all wet and cold. But we took the injection over to Steve's to put it on the motor. And then Joe was going to come over and dyno it with us the next day. Well, that night, Joe died of congestive heart failure. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there began our education education <laughs> on alcohol fuel injection, which was a long, hard road because 
we didn't have any water in the block. We start everybody was running their alcohol motors dry back then. So that's what we did. Even though Steve begged us to put water in it, we told him, no, the alcohol will keep it cool. Well, it it works works fine on the dyno when it's just a five second pull. But then you get it out on the track and make a 15 second run, things get a little too hot. And for a few years there, we were just burning up buckets of pistons, trying to, you know, figure out how much fuel it wanted or, you know, getting the, getting the right amount. And finally, we went back to Steve and listened to him and, and put water in the heads. And, geez, it was how about a 200 horse. 200, 200 horse just by being able to control the, the temperature of the, of the heads and the block and wow. made it so much easier to tune the engine. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> so now I, I, most people probably don't know. And Jim uh, built a, a fuel flow bench, which we can set up our injection. Well, we've actually built over 20 injection systems for other people and, uh, we can set a system up on the bench just like it's on the motor and, and dial the fuel curve right in. And uh, that's that's been a big help for, you know, toward our success is we had to learn the hard way, but through learning we've, you know, that's, that's been an advantage over the years. John Borey. Go ahead, Ryan. Go. Well, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask John's question. John yeah. Bohr is a friend of ours from out west. He's the guy who invited you to California, and he would love to have you out. Um, <laughs> but he's got an OEM chassis on uh, a truck called Utterly Wild, which is the old Wild Hair. And he wonders if you guys ever run into fatigue problems with an OEM chassis, and if so, how you deal with it. Yeah, we've, yeah. We've, we've had to tweak ours over the years. It, yeah, it, it uh, flexed had, a little too much a few times. We've had to bend it back a few times. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's kind of a guessing game on how much to, you know, to stiffen it up in those areas. Kind of a trial and error, error deal. Yeah, because so, you, you can go too far and then yeah. it doesn't work anymore. So that's... Yeah. Kind of how ours became adjustable. <laughs> yeah. We fixed ours once and got it and made it too stiff and couldn't keep it on the ground. So it's it, it's pretty amazing that least little changes, you know, how they affect the truck. They're, these trucks are a lot fussier than people think they are. You gotta they gotta be right on the ragged ragged edge of you know out of control before they when they work their best, I should say. So, which competitor over the years um, has pushed you guys the hardest? That's and that's kind of a oh, I, I think kind of a different question than who was who has been your biggest rival on the track? Who has pushed you guys the hardest to innovate? Oh, well, it wouldn't be. We've pulled so long. I can't yeah, point to just one person. There's different. All right, we'll er pick a decade. Different eras, you know, pulling and 
I mean, you think back, uh, uh, three bears, Bob Smith was, they were always super competitive, consistent back then. Uh, the early days, it was, uh, I don't know if you remember the Johnson brothers from Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were Oklahoma showdown. They were, yep. they were fierce competitors. They, they did not like to lose nicest guys you'd ever meet. But when it came to running on the track, man, they did not like to lose. Yeah. So they were, they were tough. Bud Jasky was probably, he was the big dog when we got started. Yeah. So we looked up to Bud and, you know, he, he pushed hard. Yeah. He, he sure came up with some wild stuff. It oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he came to, came uh, to the Ohio State Fair one year with a bat and four valve. Yeah. We, we, we all thought we were in deep trouble. <laughs> that, thing, that thing looked like 2,000 horsepower yeah. looking at it. Then many, many years later, he confided in me and only made 900 horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't too successful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's been, boy, you just look at past champions, you know, the, you know, you can't can't not mention Bramer Brothers, for sure. They they pushed really hard, and that was right during that era when we were trying to we're struggling <laughs> struggling with our motor programs, going from the four nine to the getting the five inch to work, and so you know they they pushed us really hard. Great guys, I sure miss pulling with them. Yeah, there's buds. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that didn't work. <laughs> that chassis. Yeah, sprint car chassis. Interesting idea, but I still remember. I think that was at Canfield, Ohio, was the first first time we saw that. Still remember that. <laughs> the same truck that he had taken that S10 body and narrowed it up to where it was like three feet wide. Right. Yeah. In the yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. He was an innovator for sure. Yeah. What do you what do you guys figure has been the la the biggest innovation in the past in the sport or in your class over the past I don't know let's say ten years? Is it well, tire maybe, tech or is it something else? Probably the Hemi, I suppose. I, yeah, I I was asked that question in a podcast not too long ago, and my answer was the Sunny's Hemi engine because it just evened the playing field for you know. In the early days, we just happened to hook up with Steve Schmidt, who was a, a top competitive pro stock racer. So he was on the cutting edge of engine technology, and and the ordinary guys couldn't go to somebody like that and get a pulling engine. They all thought pulling was kind of a second-class uh, deal. So we had a, a power advantage for a long time. But when Sonny Leonard found out that Puller's money's green, too, <laughs> selling those Hemi's, man, yeah. that that you know, instantly anybody that could afford one, they were they had the power to win. They were competitive. Yeah. Change um, your tune in a hurry, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, there there back in the day, there was Jerry Janky out of Texas. You know, he made good power, and uh, Lee Edwards. You know, that built the guts. The guys from you know from Virginia. He was building a lot of their motors, and they were they were darn good. They you know they they'd run with us, 
but that was about it though if you didn't have a motor from one of these one of those places why you were you were a little bit behind yeah then probably another thing that that's changed that changed our class quite a bit is the tube chassis because that you know you could again same deal you could you could go to a guy and buy a tube chassis angler or or uh, who's the guy in Ohio here? The Barker. Barker is really good. You can, you know, you buy a Hemi engine and a, and a Barker chassis, and you're you're top five right out of the box. Yeah. You know, you're, if you know how to drive. If, if, yeah. That's, you know. So those two things probably changed our class yeah. the most. Yeah, I mean, Bramer's pulled with a Ford motor for a couple of years first. We actually did the fuel injection for them, or we didn't. I guess we just tuned it for them yeah but i mean they weren't then when they got their hemi you know and jason certainly knows how to drive he showed everybody that so once they got that barker chassis and that hemi engine together why they were instant success how many times have you guys appeared on the cover of the polar magazine hmm Three, three or four. Three we just, that I know of. At our at our county fair, they did a. They always have a farm display, a history display of farming, and this year they did a tent that had the history of pulling in Fulton County. So we did a, a display for them, and one of the items was a the different magazine covers for right. the puller, and I can't remember if it was three or three or three, three or, or four. four yeah. yeah. That's a pretty big deal when you're on the cover of the Polar Magazine for the first time. <laughs> then, then you know you arrived. And and at the time the first one happened, really, the Internet wasn't a thing. So I'm sure you opened the mailbox and were like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal. So what do you guys consider your greatest accomplishment in the sport? Oh. What's the thing that you're most proud of in the sport? You guys ask tough questions. Well, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I did tell you there were no apologies. Answers. I just didn't tell you they were going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. For me, one of them at least is the Enderly qualifying. We made 33 out of 35. That's right. So Holy that's, cow! That's pretty good. That means you've been in the top five in points. You know those years. Wow. So, Fortunately for us, the first year they did the Enderly was the first year that we ran Grand National. So we just timed it out just right. <laughs> and, and I don't even, I know I didn't even know about it. The first year we qualified for it, we ran it at the Ohio State Fair. And I think somebody told us, hey, you guys get to run in this deal. And then, and, you know, I was probably, what, 26 at the time or something. It's just like, oh, cool, I get to run again. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> so yeah, we were kind of lucky in that aspect that we we kind of started started Grand National the same year they started the Enderly. Yeah, eighty seven. Yeah. Other, I mean, we Chapel Hill. We've won seventeen chairs. Uh, winning nine rings at Bowling Green is huge. I don't. So, you know, how many Tomas we got? We got a lot of those. I think too. we've won 14 times at Toma. Yeah. 
So, but it'd either have to be the 17 chairs from Chapel Hill or the nine rings from Bowling Green. Those are, those are big. I can't even fathom that. <laughs> or what or what it would take to do that today <laughs> i mean you know guy who started cody cody asked you a question earlier about about what you uh what advice you would give to a guy who's building his first truck and he is um cody you got a heck of a challenge you gotta you gotta get 17 chairs and you gotta get nine pieces of jewelry <laughs> well, we're not done yet <laughs> i know you're not that's the scary part is that you're gonna add to that yeah maybe you know uh somebody that you guys know asked us that question i just happened to think about it you guys all know rob foster yep, simply yep. red so he came to us at a poll him and his dad came to us at a poll in saline michigan and said they wanted to get into four-wheel drive they said what what do you recommend? And we said, buy a good competitive used truck because that is a good, that gives you a, a good head start. And also you, you don't have as much money into it as you would if you bought everything new and tried to do everything from scratch. Yeah. So he mm -hmm. bought uh, Donnie Sanders, uh, Tennessean, yeah. which was a really good competitive truck. And that put him in the game right away. So that was our advice to him is, is buy a good competitive used truck that's on the market. Well, I happen to know that Cody did go and buy himself a, uh, uh, a chassis. I don't, I know it came out of Ohio. I don't know what its history is, but um, you guys have competed against him before. And uh, so I, when when he saw that you guys were going to be on, I, I know he had a lot of questions. Another one that he had that we hadn't asked yet was, was there ever a point in time where you guys were having a down year and you were ready to, to say, screw it, sell it all, and go buy a fishing boat? Just <laughs> hang it up and be done with it. No, no, I never got that bad. I don't like to fish. No. <laughs> That's fair. I don't either. Same. I don't know. I, I think we get as big a kick out of working on it and working on We're both kind of motorheads. We love building the engines and working on the engine and trying to make it better and going to the dyno. And mm -hmm. so that's just it's what we do. It's kind of our stress relief is, is working on stuff. So if, if we did that, we'd have to find some other way to relieve our stress. Yeah. It's it's the I think for you guys you know it's it's the intangibility of that passion that makes you guys the lifers that you are you know I it's, mm -hmm. from what you're saying I don't like I don't see there's ever a time when this stops you know yeah. you guys will just keep going until you can't yeah or uh, our, our wives tell us we can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they they kind of paid a price early on the the early years when we were young man it was a it was a seven day a week thing we were in the shop. Yeah. just constantly so they probably our family lives took a hit on that you know we sacrificed some things but we, we were driven to to succeed so we worked really really hard the first i don't know 20 years or yeah, something. especially when we were burning pistons and trying to learn the fuel game like wow a lot of late nights 
no sleep. You yeah. know, that's one thing. You know, I think that's contributed to our success is Jim and I are totally hands on. We do everything. You know, there's like there's like three or four things that we don't do. You know, we don't grind our own valves. We don't rebuild their clutch. We let Roy Story do that. Uh, of course, you know, something that requires a machine like a cylinder hone or something like that, we can't do. But everything else, we do our do ourselves. We have our we have a small machine shop. We make a lot of our own parts, and, and uh, I, I think that's contributed to our success as well. So. Yeah, I've I've always said. If you, you know, you go buy a part and you're getting, you're just as good as the other guy that can buy the same part. But if you design your own and create it, make, make something different. And that's what sets you apart, you know, puts you ahead of the pack. Yeah. I still remember buying a, we bought an aluminum oil pan and <laughs> paid big money for it. Then we got it. It wasn't anywhere near right. You know, and that that was just the last straw. So we, that's when we got our own TIG welder, and I I learned how to TIG weld. From then on, we make our own oil pans, and <laughs> make our own headers, just do everything we can ourselves. It's good that you got the skills to do that. That's you know, there's the intellectual pursuit piece too. That's kind of you know the the nerding out. It's kind of the thing that keeps me coming back all the time for stuff and. yeah it's a passion that's for yep. sure and like you said i'm we're both blessed to have the skill sets that we have so things we kind of complement each other like like i said i'm the welder and the fabricator jim's a machinist does more of the machining so it works really good just happens to work out really good we both love putting motors together. So we like fussing over them. <laughs> Is any thought? Do you ever consider uh, running two? There was a time. Yeah, there was a time. I think we actually talked about it one time, building a two-wheel drive a long time ago. Yeah. Glad we didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, who was, who, was the, uh, who was the wisdomest person who talked you out of that one? I think it was just ourselves. We just yeah. just didn't 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 do it. Didn't have that big of a drive for it. No. We try. You know, we're not rich. We we try to operate within our means, and uh, you know, I'm I'm just a farmer. Not that not a big farmer by by today's standards. Um, so. Corn and soybeans. Yeah. So. I used to have livestock when I was younger, but and I worked construction along with farming for up until the um, mid, mid early nineties, I guess, and then I drove truck for several years. I've pretty much always had some kind of a side job besides farming. I was a, a township trustee for twenty six years. I just retired from that a year ago. So, no, you you started to say on the two truck deal we ran uh, 
Rick Johnson's bad bow tie for a season. For, for a season. On Grand National. So that gave us a taste of having two trucks. And there were times that, you know, the what we decided was the Rick's truck was taking away time from our truck and we weren't doing as well with our truck. You know, things go wrong and, you know, you got to you got to rush to fix one. And so you're not not taking care of the other one, not watching the track. So that kind of broke us of that two truck yep. desire. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> what year, guys? What year is that? I'm going to see how good you know your own truck. Oh, boy. Uh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> I'll throw out a guess. 2000. 2010. 10, was it? Really? I would have guessed newer than that. Huh. Well, that's what the Facebook post says. So yeah. Facebook yeah. doesn't lie, guys. Facebook doesn't lie. <laughs> no. Never, never, ever. Nope. Yeah, they yeah. even have fact checkers for that. Yeah, we even we even qualified Rick's truck for the Enderly that year. Wow. Yeah, we did good with it. First time we that we ran it that year um, at Wapakoneta, Jim got first and I got second. That was the first time I drove it. <laughs> And his clutch was way different than ours, what I was used to. I had to scold him a little bit over that. We <laughs> <laughs> got her ironed out. <laughs> How many times you guys run at the farm show? Quite a few. Yeah. Uh, first time I went was... 89? 89. Yeah, I got in a pull-off with Glenn Davis. Got second place. That was the first year. We went most every year up until 2010 was the last last year we went. I won it in 09 and Jim won it in 10. And we decided that was a good time to hang it out. We're, that's an awful lot of work, you know, for a couple old guys. To <laughs> take it down there, you know, and then when you get home, you got to spend a week washing the salt off everything and putting everything back away and so especially you guys and bringing it on an open trailer yeah i didn't think about that yeah back then but yeah we're we're not open anymore but where we weren't in town i mean we had it enclosed for a yeah. long time but yeah you still you got to wash all the salt off of it and yeah for yep. what for one hook it's a lot of work yeah yeah for sure yeah we had a brand, our trailer was brand new aluminum featherlight trailer. Just made me sick to get salt all over it. Geez, I'd lay underneath it with a power washer and wash it for days trying to get all the salt off of it. <laughs> so, Mick Broughton wants to know if there's anybody besides him. This is something <laughs> he didn't type in, but I will. I will ad lib this. Is there anybody else besides me who thinks when you show up, who says, oh, crap, we've got our work cut out for us? <laughs> well, they're going to have to answer that one. Yeah. Hope everybody. I don't know, but in, in my mind, that's that's probably a compliment of the highest order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mick's, Mick's pretty darn good himself. <clears throat> he is. Yeah. Too bad he couldn't pull more this year. Yeah, he he had the kind of off year you guys had mentioned. That just motor gremlins just hit him hard. Yeah. 
We know yeah. the feeling. Is that Dodge City, guys? Yeah, that was the first year for Dodge City. Nice. You can tell by the enormous trophy. Yes, yeah, the tallest trophy on the planet. Yes. Rick Johnson was so jealous. He wanted one of those so bad. <laughs> you guys have a you guys have a trophy room with I mean I'm just trying to add on to your house or your shop. <laughs> They're they're hidden everywhere. We got some of the good ones are in our shop. That one that one you're showing there is in our shop. Yeah, we got awesome. a lot of the Enderly, you know, when they hand out the big checks, we've got those on the wall in the shop. They have a hat rack that's about three stories high of all the Enderly hats that they've gotten <laughs> over the years. Uh, they're all in the in a tote. <laughs> they were in the corner of the back corner of the camper, but our wives made us clean them out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because you didn't have a place to sleep after all of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wyatt Schulte says we have to do a Holman shop tour. Yeah. We can, yeah. uh, so. You you probably wouldn't be that impressed. It's it's not a show place. Just, we can do a lot of neat stuff in there. Yeah, we, we know where, where everything's at. <laughs> and furthermore, Wyatt, you heard him say earlier they were they were uh, they were a little cagey with details. Yeah, you I think you'd really get to see everything in that shop yeah, tour. Do you? I feel like I'd be spending a lot of time in the editing software blurring stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty good at keeping stuff hidden. Yeah, we can we can just shut a couple doors. <laughs> best job, best John Heilman story. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. this is going to be a really good one. Yes, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> I hope Dan won't kill me. Oh, we got back to my place and we'd been on the road forever. I don't remember the details exactly. But Ann wanted nothing more than to just take a bath and soak in the bathtub. And uh, I didn't know it. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> well, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, she wanted. Went in our house and was soaking in the bathtub, and I started to walk in the door. And didn't know she was in there, and of course she screamed. So <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty memorable. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I gotta say, I learned a lot from John, John and Ann. They they were meticulous with their vehicles keeping them clean, you know, maintenance. I learned that from John, you know, maintain, check the valves after every run, that sort of thing. Learned a lot from them. And like I said, John taught me how to drive a 10 speed. And uh, after he got me, after I learned, then Ann and I drove and he laid in the back, slept in the sleeper. <laughs> He let me drive a lot. Yeah. So there was a reason that he taught you, huh? Yeah. It was yeah. more. It was more than just a life skill. He yeah. wanted an Uber driver. But I loved it. So he. Back then, he put what they called a silver ninety-two in his international. You remember those of Detroit? I do. Yeah, that was a big deal back then. So we had we had power and everything. Oh, there's an old picture. Yeah, that's an old picture. 1994. I finally found some old stuff, guys. Yeah. Kendo yeah. years. Yep. 
I'll bet I know of at least one guy who's watching the show who who's probably got older photos than that. Hmm. Tim, yeah, I know you don't have them loaded, but I I remember looking through some photo albums. You guys have probably got a Kendall GT1 fire suit or two. Yeah, I still got mine. <clears throat> yep. I still got yours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were good to us. Well, guys, we've kept you for an hour. Um, been gracious with your time. Um, I'll I'll leave it to Ryan to ask his customary question that we uh, end with for for all of our guests. So, hey, Ryan. Yeah. Can I go first. What's your guys' sure. daily drivers? Good question. Mm, mine's a 2011 GMC Duramax pickup. I don't know if I have a daily driver. Well, you have a big selection. I have a selection. <laughs> Let's go through it then. Well, we should talk about that at least for a, a hot minute. Oh. Yeah, Let's do the Jay Leno tour. <laughs> I've, I've always had something. I'm a muscle car nut, so I've always had something. Ooh, ooh, tell us. Muscle car nature. So my current one's a 2016 Corvette, but uh, that one doesn't get driven. I can't call it a daily driver. It, it's only got 13,000 miles on it. So, Oh, my. We're, we both have Harleys, so I we both have Harley Ultras, so I ride the Harley on nice days to work or drive the Corvette. Then after that, it gets pretty boring. Yeah. It <laughs> gets down to my wife's Malibu. So. <laughs> I've, I've got a 1996 Impala SS. With about thirteen thousand miles on it, I bought new. Wow! What color? Which paint? Black. Uh, which paint color was it? Black. Okay, so it's the one that 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 GM actually got right, wasn't it? The gray that, like one in twenty-seven of them, actually the color actually came out right. Yeah. And then they had that black cherry. There was only yep. three colors. Yeah. <laughs> so that that I don't. There it is. Yeah, well, these guys are quick on the internet. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't drive that one much either. I get it out maybe a couple times during the summer and take it for four or five miles. Oh no, that's a shame. <laughs> that's my retirement car if I ever retire. There it is. Yep. If Darth Vader 13, ever had a daily driver, thirteen thousand miles on a on a. 2016 Corvette. Yeah. Well, we re we really need to get you Steve Boyd's phone number because he's got a Corvette too, and I'll bet the two of you could have some fun putting some miles on together. <laughs> yeah, they're they're nice cars, but it doesn't it doesn't get out unless the sun's shining. I get that. Yeah, I I you guys were asking a lot about you know honors and you know what's our most memorable thing. I remember something. From uh, Macon, Missouri, a long time ago, uh, Dave Banner came up to us and asked us if we would trade him T-shirts, and that was like, you know, that's awesome. Pulling yeah. God asking you, wow, <laughs> yep. So I, boy, I'll always remember that. I couldn't believe it. it's like, really, you want to yeah. trade me? <laughs> that's cool. very cool. Yeah, we used to play softball with him down at Chapel Hill. Yeah, he was a good softball player. 
All right, guys. So the question I ask of, of every guest or almost every guest who comes on the show is if you could steal the keys, figuratively speaking, to anything past or present and go pulling with it, what would you take the keys to? Where would you pull it and why? Ooh, boy, that's a tough question. And by the way, Isaac Hilburn is very proud of you because he's never seen either of you up this late. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often anymore. <laughs> well, we appreciate it very, very much. No, I, heck, I don't go to bed till 11 at least at home. But anyway, boy, I don't know. I've always wondered what it would be like to drop the hammer on a mod, I guess. So, so yeah, this year would be Joe Eaters. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah, I could pick a ride. Dominating. Yeah, I'd take a I'd take a spin on Joe's mod. Yeah. Actually Ryan Reitzel offered to let me drive his, but I don't know. I'm probably have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you, you, I don't you're know really afraid that. you're gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So well, All remember, right. in, actually, I should have said this, made this more clear in the in the question. You're not responsible if you wreck it. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know if that opens it up for you or not, but no, no, I'd still I, feel, I feel I feel like I should throw that in there. Yeah, and I I'd probably choose to run it at Bowling Green because you got a lot of room there in case something goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Chapel Hill is a little tight for a for an unlimited mod and a rookie driver. All right. I can see that. So it, it would be Joe's mod at uh, at Bowling Green for yep. both of you. Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants nobody wants a ride on uh, Mission Impossible or something like that. Well, it, it's kind of along the same lines, I guess. I'm, I'm thinking Joe's got the most power, so if you're looking for a thrill, go with the latest and greatest. I get that. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. There's no way you'd get me on a mini. I think they're the craziest people in the world wrapping their <laughs> legs around a clutch can behind a blown Hemi. Yep, that's what we think, too. Have yeah. you met Bruce and Tyler Slaw? That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yep, that's why. And they, that's that's why and they that's will very God, happily take that. That's why God created mini rods for guys like that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> More power to them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, thanks again, guys, for the agreeing to do this tonight. Really appreciate it. Yeah, this was really cool, guys. Yeah. All right. Hey, no, it's, uh, been, it's been fun. One question. You mentioned that you were asked the question on a on a recent podcast. Where can we find that? Uh, his name is Jeff Swank. He's in okay, Ohio. Okay. So, yep. Swank on sports. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he'll All right. he'll call me once or twice a season. Usually after a, a win somewhere, he'll want to do an interview. He he does them. Uh, he tapes them and then they air Sunday nights. Yep. Yeah. I'm throwing the um, I'm throwing the link into the comments right now, guys. There you go. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll let you guys get on with your evening. Thanks again. Yeah, you're welcome. welcome. Yeah, thank no you very much, guys. You guys. So.
Till next time. Oops. Did you just kick him out? I did. Well, I rem- I'm sorry. We were done. I thought we, I mean, said we were done. That was yeah, – we were done. Charles, thank you, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. Sometimes it's just fun to sit back and listen. I loved That's... it because it allowed me, Charles, to go hunting and pecking for pictures and right. videos. I, lo- I love that. So. Good guys. Well, that's, guys. I mean, that's that's why we originally started this pot or this this show was to, you know, sit down with people in their living room and ask them the questions that other people didn't, or I guess, well, we don't get in, a chance the, to, or 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 that Jeff Swank asks first, you know, in this case. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's why we, that's why we started this, and you know, and. Yeah, I think for, I mean, for all of us, that's the stuff that we live for. Yeah. You know, it's the same with, you know, sitting down and getting Mark Ulmer to tell stories or, um, you know, Travis or Joe Edder. You know, that's the stuff that a lot of people just don't have the time to to devote to or the relationship. And I'm not saying that we all, we all have that relationship, you know, um, but if you can get an hour of somebody's time like that and you can get them talking yeah. there's a tremendous amount of of you know information to be shared and you know stories to be told and that we can all either learn from or we can enjoy <laughs> and appreciate yeah it's at a, at a in the heat of summer and when competition's going on you're unlikely to be able to monopolize somebody's time for an hour like that and the kind yep. of the people that you can do that with you probably already know all the stories anyway because you're friends. You know what I'm saying? So you're not going to yep. learn necessarily new. Jeremy, that would be a really good podcast. Make it happen, Jeremy. Yes, I mean, it, guys, it would be. We, uh, Andrew yeah. and I were lucky enough to interview him years ago, and I can attest he would be an awesome interview. Get it, Jeremy, get it done. I mean, every Monday night, guys. We don't do uh, – let, let us tell you how much planning goes into Let's Grow Home. <laughs> Hey guys! No, 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 no! Let's not do that. Let's not. Let's let's not open that 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 curtain. <laughs> We'd love that because right I want to. Because because I think that we could do. I mean, this is a repeatable process, and we know this. Yes. It's just that we're all very busy, and we've all got a lot of irons in the fire. And I mean, for me, during the fall, it's you know, auction season is is real heavy, especially now starting to tail off a little bit but um <laughs> then it's into harvest and then after harvest it's it's end of year auctions um jason never stops selling houses and mortgages and stuff you know charles is busy with insurance and cody is doing all manner of things high tech with uh you know with farm equipment and and making it more precision oriented either that or he's flying drones and capturing raccoons doing the nasty um they were raccoons weren't they yes yes they were okay yeah there you go if you want to know what we're talking about go to his TikTok. um <laughs> Van, at vanderholm media it's one of the funniest videos you've ever seen and it was shot from two miles away which is kind of wild not quite but, but it's yeah there's a good story behind shut up and roll with it but at any rate you know it is you know we do like to do we do love to sit down with with you know the people who have been in really influential in the sport and during the summer charles is right we're never going to get that 
And so during the summer, that's why you see so many more promoters on the show. Um, but once we get into the fall and in the winter, you know, in the dead of winter when ain't nobody going outside because it's freaking freezing out there. Um, that's when, you know, I mean, that's when we push the hardest to get some of the big names and, and stuff like that. You know, some of the storytellers on the show, um, it's because, you know, there's history there that's being lost every day. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, to, to segue into what Jason's going to bring up next, you know, we lost JR on Saturday. And there are thousands of JR stories. I read at least, I read one of them from Heather Ham today. Her tribute to him was particularly good um, and particularly moving. Um, but, you know, the history of the sport is told orally. Nobody writes books about it. No. Did I just... Dude, Roos has the best internet in the world. I've been to his house before. What just happened? One of the cats I don't it. know. Where did I cut off in my apparently long monologue? Uh, no one writes a book. Oh, well, then we didn't miss much. So, like I was saying, nobody writes a book about this stuff like they do about baseball or NASCAR oh. or drag racing. A lot of this history is still told. It's transmitted orally. You know, people tell these stories still. And they tell them at campfires. They tell them in the pits while they're, you know, running valves. They tell them drinking whiskey. Speaking of which, I'm out of some. Um, and that's why we started this show. So. Funnage Motorsports just followed me on TikTok. I wonder why. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Chuck, I'm glad you I'm glad you tuned in, Chuck. I knew you'd enjoy this one. I uh <laughs> I found some old videos of us <laughs> starting the show, Zolik and I, like in 2015. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna share those videos with you guys. You're gonna just giggle. <laughs> Zolik's reaching over me and pushing buttons, and I'm trying to talk. And we're in my basement. And it's so funny. <laughs> There's gotta be one where he slaps your hand because you're about oh. to touch a button that you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Zolik's beyond nice. Zolik's beyond nice. So he he would he yeah he's too nice to me actually. So it's all good. So. I would have had the cattle prod there and been like, don't do yeah. it. You and you and Roos would have me in a sling and a noose every day if you had your chance anyway. So it's all good. So more than likely, yes. Or what's a straight jacket or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's the straight jacket for? Don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about that. It's just for sure. Don't worry about that. Sit down in the chair right now. So well, this, this is obviously a. A video, guys. I think of like one of those what Charles like American Cavalcades or yeah, uh, yeah one of them from Toma. Yeah, I saw. So this this is just funny. This is night. Oh, I don't remember what year, guys, but it's really cool. 97, 98, somewhere in there. Yep. Yeah. The first of the big rig competitors ever, and even it's though he lives near picturesque Lake Erie, he's so devoted. Steve to Evans. He's almost blind to everything else. Yes. Ah, beautiful Lake Erie, a recreational waterland paradise of fun and relaxation. For most people, living here would be a dream come true, but not for veteran big rig puller J.R. Collins. I don't fish, I don't boat, I don't water ski. I like blondes, Chevrolets, Dale Earnhardt, Mack trucks, and Klondike bars, and pulling. And that's, that's my life. 
<laughs> a fine life it is, I might add. I like it. And folks, if you don't think guys like JR are loyal to their truck make, listen to the bench racing in a truck stop someday. Let me tell you what, my old Mac will blow the trailer off the back of that marmot and any Kenworth that gets in my way. In the middle of the night on some of the western states that have rather loosely enforced speed limits, trust me, they get it on. <laughs> Here's an added touch. JR has uh, got some glow plugs in there. He pipes some gasoline, a little tank, and puts on a show for the band. <laughs> This was Steve Burns, pick the clinic. J.R. Ray Collins. Oops. He's got to go 289.3 feet right now to get into the pull-off, and I don't like his chances. No, I don't think he... Uh... Obviously not a good hook, but just uh, I found that yesterday. I got a text on Saturday morning that he had passed away, and I said, well, I'm not going to post anything until we confirm it, you know, and then I started seeing some of the posts later in the day, so then I, I put something on the page Sunday morning, but... It's been neat. Like, you know, Ryan said he saw Heather Hams. Um, I'm just, I'm glad for social media for stuff like this, guys. You know, to interview the Holman brothers. And I'm telling you, when they showed up in Rock Valley, that was like, that was an Elvis sighting. Holy crap. Yeah. That I, I was remember, amazing. I remember that. Ryan, I mean, you got a hold of me right away. Like, they're here. Yes. Yeah, I think you were my, you and 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 Dusty and Gerbaugh were the first people I I, I texted. So guys, you're never going to believe this. That was that COVID summer, right? When people were mm -hmm. just looking for hooks. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the year of of it. You know, in looking back for for Cody and I, especially and Charles to a certain degree as well, um, that COVID year for all the horrible things that it was. Holy crap, it was lightning in a bottle for those of us if we lived out in if you lived out in the Midwest. Yeah. My goodness. There I mean a lot of doors got opened and things got seen that summer that probably would not have happened had it been a normal year. People yeah. met, there were friendships established, people pulled in places that they never pulled in before. Holman brothers never pulled in, in Rock Valley before, but they said they'd love to come back. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and there are stories like that from all over the place that incidentally, Colin Ross showed up that weekend in, in Rock Valley. And he said he'd love to come back sometime if it didn't interfere with the schedule and it weren't 8,000 miles away. Um, that was his only beef with it was that it was so far away. He said it was a well-run event and, you know, and it was a good track and good competition and. You know, and I'm not the hype man for the outlaws, but you know, there was that year had some really, really, really amazing moments in it that'll never ever probably never ever be repeated. Yeah. Well And that like, was what made it so cool. Yeah. I agree. It was, it was uh that was the year that everybody mixed it up a little bit. I think it opened a lot of eyes to what else is out there. But the traveling is the hard part. Yep. Yeah, but we didn't have high priced diesel back then is what it is now either so it wasn't that bad so it was just the time yeah it's just uh you had a couple extra hours on a vehicle compared to what you normally had so some of them a couple times a couple but there was a ton of people that you know like you said that didn't go to tractor pulling or truck pulling ever before that thought it was cool because they actually went so more well, competitors who had never had never hooked with xyz organization but went because that was right. a place where they could actually make a hook and either gather some data or at least 
feel normal for a weekend. Right. <clears throat> Jeremy's working on Brian Connors right now. That's the way to go, Jeremy. You're the man. Sweet. That a boy. Because I, I have a question. I have a story to ask him about, too. I'll try to get him on Monday then. I'll just check his schedule. I'm just, while you guys are yakking, uh, Adam had a cool <laughs> thing up there. Funny about Brian, the one question I remember asking him when Drew and I interviewed him was um, point blank, do you feel with the technologies being developed a diesel could beat an alcohol tractor? And his response was, boy, you ask some difficult questions, don't you, bud? Now here we are, whatever it is, six, seven years later, and it's happening. That's kind of a neat setup. Unique type of thing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, who was it from Iowa? Somebody from Iowa put up a their own tribute. That was a really good shot of that. Dustin, um, Wyatt Schulte, pay attention. Uh, Dustin, help me out with a last name. Dustin he Donner. put up a post. He had gotten to wrench on it, I think. And I, for some reason, I think he's from Iowa. As the Simon Says family, the Simon team has their... Buys. This is Miles Payne. The short leash back out of St. Harmony, Minnesota. There's still nothing better than a pulling semi. I don't care. <laughs> yep. When they get chugging down there at the end and lugging, that's awesome. Oh, you think that's good? Go. You should. Here's a plug for Clint Tucker that he never paid me for. Um, Clint Tucker's got a few. He does not have very many semi videos, um, but he's got a few classes from Toma. Okay. That will absolutely blow your mind. You need to on go his find what, those YouTube? folks. On his, they are on his YouTube, and they are typical quality for 1987, 88, or, or sorry, 97, 98, 2000 ish. Um, but oh my goodness, all the heavy hitters are there, and uh, they had some barn burner classes back then. Um, I want to say 2000 was was the best one that I think that I saw. Charles, this is it was basically, it was just like a European pull. Everybody oh, ends okay. up running twice. They did that a lot with the semis back in the day. Yeah. Just let them run. Yeah. This has been the, the big, the most, the picture I've seen posted the most of, of GR. Yeah. How old was GR? Does anybody know? Uh, There's a good one. I don't know. I got him. Several messages about it over the weekend, but I don't remember the answer. I wish I'd gotten to see him or I gotten the opportunity to shoot that truck when he was driving it. I I've got some from like 2003, but I need to scan them because they're that's old school film. One of Matt Goodwin's buddies gave me a box of um, Polar magazines. I'm gonna start going through those. That video that you showed, the chain from the sled had to have been like six, eight, ten feet long. That was fifteen, I believe. 
Yeah, I used to put the extension on it. Keys. Yes, absolutely right, Colin. And I'm not going to lie, I was, I mean, growing up in, in Fremont, Michigan, in West Michigan, I was probably, I was probably 40 minutes from Larry Carey's shop and probably an hour, hour and 10 from Hibbets. Um, it was fun to watch those guys fight it out on the track. Man, those were some powerful trucks. The Carey boys are are still at it. The Suns. Um, we were uh, up at, when we were up at Onaway Labor Day weekend, doing doing the Canadian style racing. But we had a sled pull, and they had a couple trucks there. But not the Bighorn. No, no. Didn't I hear something about the grandson running running the Bighorn last year sometime? Possible. Or was it a son or possible? Actually, uh, so the Morley celebration on the pond got rained out the NTPA hook back in August. Um, yep. They're going to do a poll this coming Saturday anyway. There, uh, I think they're starting at noon. It's not going to be sanctioned or anything, but the the, the village said no. We want to. We still want to do the event. So, um, I. I don't remember what classes they're going to be there. I had seen a flyer for it on, on Saturday, but. And the, the, back in that same time frame, the stagecoach and the Longhorn. Oh, Four turbos on a V12 Detroit. You want to talk about just sounding awesome. Yes. What was that called, Charles? Um, the stagecoach. The, the stagecoach and the Longhorn. Yep. I got to find that. Was it Gary Tiger Rise who had those? Yep. Yeah, there's one of them. Yep. Four turbos on a Detroit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you hear him shift? Yeah, or Allison Automatics. Burkholz just gave me an idea. He usually knows what he's talking about. Uh, Adam, they had a couple of T800s. One was white, and I think the other was blue. Hmm. Says Carrie and Sons right on the door. There we go. That's almost back in like Windows DOS days. Yeah. <laughs> Video toaster. 3.1 probably. Well, no. Would have been 97 or 2000 by then. Same place three times looking for it. John come out. I sent this clip to John Murray. If you know, you know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> John got a good laugh out of it. Yeah. <laughs> 
was 46 inches high from the ground. And they end up with the chain. the chain on the air as we get set. Nothing sounds quite like an E9. Gosh, yes, Liberty Bell. That was another oh, one that was in that time. What I wouldn't give. See everybody get all those. That guy keeps standing up. Oh, I love that. I got to see that truck a few times in period live, and it just nothing sounds like that. Cody's right. You don't even see the sled. <laughs> the chain's so long. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Laura would have a heyday with that chain. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Here's our Liberty Bell. Oh, this is all probably very new to you, isn't it? Liberty Bell might have been the first one to do the hood stack thing on a semi. That just, like, nobody had that. And it looked cool then, too. Yeah. Can we do it like a nostalgia pull and bring all these back out? That's what I was getting at right then and there. <laughs> just just watch this. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Larry had the longest hook of that night. I think. He was hauling the mail. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, he got out of it and coasted it. He almost Bill Millard it. Mm-hmm. Charles, the long chain was so they could stop him, right? Yeah, because back then they were still hooking him on the fifth wheel. They didn't put in. That came later when they dropped him to an actual draw bar in the back of the truck. That was yeah. And 2002. He Sure would be cool to see this one move again, wouldn't it, Charles? Yes, it would. I know where to find it. So do I. It's still the same Theoretically. Spot. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Well, I guess we don't know exactly what's in in there. No, and I'm not about to go poke a hole in the tarp side. No, anymore. I don't think so either. Price for, it hasn't moved in like 20 years. I'm surprised the weather hasn't gotten to it yet. Yeah. 
It's sun bleached the tarp, I think. Oh, it definitely has done that, yeah. Hey, I'm still game for red rides in my bullet. He's in a big gear here. <laughs> he had to have been moving like 40 miles an hour. Cody, what did you start to say? I said, I'm, I'm game for a rat rod semi pulling too. Like, I'm okay with that. I could literally, like, this is the song of my people. Like, I could listen to that editing pictures all night long. I'm not going to lie. I have listened. I have listened to some of these classes while I'm working. Putting putting posts together and writing interesting iron stuff like that. I kind of like the long stacks on on the on the butterfly. Yeah. the intakes they took the headlight buckets out and there's the old school rain cap for the air knife just closes right over the whole headlight yep lady yelling down in front yeah you like that <laughs> i did laugh the first time i heard that I'm serious, like, that'd be wicked cool to see a lot of these old guys come out and kick the dust off a little bit. That'd be fun. I think a lot of these trucks, well, there are a handful of those trucks that are still about and still running around this country. Some of them have different power plants than they did when this video was shot. But, um, like, the Lady Butterfly still runs. Um Miles Fain is a is a puller out of Minnesota. He owns uh, uh, the the Buckeye Bulldog, um, and he's in the process of getting it back together. Um, and now that Jr. has passed, I'm sure that that is probably driving him even harder to get it back to a track near you next year. Um, as far as I know, Rise still has both of those trucks. They're in his place and. The only one we can't get to is Liberty Bell because it's in New Zealand now. Right. Road trip. Yeah, road trip. Boat. What was that? Boat trip? Is that what you said? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Right, exactly. 
I would be interested to see where uh, where these guys would shake out against if we got Gene out here with you know the arm bender or or um, you know any of his trucks because I mean his trucks are some of the stoutest single tur- single charger trucks that I've seen in a long time. Um, I'd be interested to see how they would stack up. I'm sure that Gene's making more power than these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, this is at this point. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, 19 years ago, almost 20. Um, but still. Yeah, they, you know, they still had white lettering tires back then. And at some and, and, and I mean, at some point, it's not about the power you make. It's about how you put it to the ground. And, and you know, some of these guys did pretty well with that. Um, there was a rumor that he had. I don't think that that's true. Blue Ox, I think, got sold, but Prohibited and Prohibited 2, I think, are those sitting where they were parked. What, what class are these pulling then? Like, because they're not, they're above a 4 1. Are they full grown pro stocks? Just super, super semis. Super. super. Yeah. Kind of common now to see a lot of the, you know, the top super semis be a single charger. Back then, almost no one was. Right. They all were three and four charger deals. But the, a piece of that too is that no one was making a six-inch charger back then. That do this, right? So just, the availability wasn't there. Or common rail motors, or yeah. Thinking how tall that thing is makes me think of uh, uh, what death row and putting it in the van trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Carey's truck is one I, I, I've never gotten to well I've never gotten I've never pulled, captured a shot of it that I'm really proud of and I kind of wish that I had that chance again I was thinking the NTPA should bring back the white, the white uh, suit and hat. Say it again. The NTPA should bring back the white suit and hat. Charles has been leading that charge, but I don't think it's going anywhere. I'm gonna say no. Be the Charles rule. So. Because. <laughs> As Ruth says so diligently in one of his text messages, every rule has somebody's name on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better be careful. I will pop that up on the screen. Charles has it. Cody.
So I've got one of those old school white NTPA official shirts too. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah, so it'll be for Halloween this year. I'll be Scott Doty. On the big end of the trip through memory lane yeah wow jr came in third thank you colin and Bruce, for jr i hope you're blowing the big stacks up in heaven buddy and i hope there's a freezer full of klondikes next to you and, and blondes and blondes <laughs> <laughs> don't keep the blondes in the freezer jr <laughs> klondikes only Oh God! That's what you call separation of church and state. Hey Charles, uh, it's ice yeah. cream and girl. Did you ever think we'd get to the point where we'd have people like Holman's on our show? No, no. It's it's super cool that we get. No, get, yeah, it's it's very it's built to a point where we're, we're respected enough that, that they'll take that invitation. You know, I mean, it's just very humbling, very humbling. Yeah, and uh, yeah. That we can still have fun, but yet still promote the sport and do what we want to do, and um, just pretty makes it feel pretty awesome. I, I don't. I mean, it'd be dumb to realize how many hours we have put into this thing, these Monday nights, guys. But I can't imagine my life without them. Um, I can't. Right. It'd be crazy. And Cody, you're our, you're our, uh, you're our rookie. You know what I mean? And I still think of you as part of it. You know, it's it's just crazy. Um, I'm. I still joke. I mean, I gotta. Here, if you guys hang tight with me for a second, I've got it. Oh, I found a hard drive today with some stuff. Oh, Zolik, he looks so young. Oh, God. Oh, I laughed so freaking hard. The old Seagate portable D drive. I thought you were going to say floppy disk to start. Oh, that's Oregon Trail, Cody. That's even before. That's like my second. Zolik isn't that old. No, he's not. There, there. I love you, Charles. <laughs> you and he were both in diapers when when floppies were a thing. No, I we were in floppies a lot. Lies. Yeah. Lies. I'm talking five and a quarter inch, the real yeah. floppies. Yeah. None uh, of your three and a half inch didn't, garbage didn't hold. Yeah. I remember like the first digital camera we had like the little three inch CD, whatever that no one like. I remember like we bought the digital camera type thing growing up and nowhere around here would even process them. So like we had a bunch of photos type of thing that couldn't even process photos because they didn't know what that was. Gotta be funny to look at those photos now. They probably all look like Super Mario 8 bit. <laughs> I don't I don't even know like like a regular C D ROM doesn't read them. So I don't even know how you would even read those anymore. 
You have a computer that has a CD-ROM drive still? No. Okay, just checking. No, they make dongles. I live the dongle life. I have a MacBook, remember? We don't want to hear stories about your dongle. Way to go dark, just saying. It's after nine, Ryan. We can talk about the dongle if the dongle comes into No, I don't want to hear about his dongle ever. All right. Hold oh, on. Yeah. We ran around with those growing up, John. All right. So I had Nathan Babbler on one of my first shows, guys. <laughs> you you guys. This I is... remember that interview. Oh, my God. This is so classic. Thank you for remembering this. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to. Yeah. If you want to know where the uh, uh, the or where the tractor's name came from. You should listen to this one. So this is in my basement in my house now, guys. This would have been. And Roos has been here. Cody, I don't think you've been up here yet. Nope. Nope. So uh, I had Andrew stay here a couple times when he came over. Yep. And uh, yep. <laughs> so uh, there's our Churn and Dirt poster in the background. And there's my hot farm and the 401. Yeah, anyway. So here. So this is just, this is some of our first shows. And I'm telling you guys, like, two people watch. It was so bad. And but we just, Zolik's like, we'll just, I mean, just, it's fun. I'm just going to shut up. All right, Nathan Babbler, thank you for taking time to come on the show with us here tonight. And uh, how long, I guess, I guess, you know, the Babbler family, man, you guys are very, very professional from your rig to your tractor uh, to the crew shirts and everything. I, you know, I never quite know who everybody is even. There's so many Babblers in the, in the, in the Haymaker shirts down in Down City, Missouri. Um, can you put a picture of this tractor up? No, we better not. I don't know. I don't know who sounded. Yeah. We haven't figured this out. We're just like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Man, Nathan, yeah, it's like having a new pro stock. We don't quite know. We'll just stick with this right now, and so we can get interviewed. So uh, last year, Nathan, I announced down in Mount and I talked about how you had the points lead heading to Hillsboro, and you had some engine failure, and then just never quite caught back. But I think my headphones, Charles, are really strong this year so far. Yeah. Down in Saturday night, is that right? That was like Dr. Dre if he was white. Saturday night, right? Went on Saturday night. But you had a you had a top. Used to do stuff, man. Well, hi. Yeah, we finished third and Friday night, and then went going on from there. Yeah, because I saw you know he got off to the right side there real good. It just hung in there and pulled. And then you had a late hook in Freeport on Sat on Friday night when we were down there. I was able to see you and you put the slip all the way over the left side. You guys were just kind of looking for a line to go because the distances had really gone away. Uh Hager's slip really, really was pulling us all hard on Nathan Friday night down there, and nobody could really get up and get humping. But you put the sled way over the left side and um, you know, kind of shot for the right corner there a little bit. You were the first one to go over 300 feet in quite a while. So Congratulations on that for taking a chance. So, oh, well, thank you. Um, where are you at in the points right now? I didn't get a chance to check yet for the Champions Tour. But that's just us. I'm all I mean, uh, Puller that we're good friends with here from Warren. So we did a uh, Charles. We kind of had like a mixer board, and yeah. uh, oh my god, it was so bad. It was so bad. We didn't know what we were doing. But Zolik would come over, and we'd he'd start plugging stuff in about five minutes before the show, and then we'd start and. <laughs> bad it's gotten like how people don't realize how far in the last yeah. six years the ability to do something like this thanks to you know, programs like we use Streamyard to do this six years ago you couldn't do this it took you had to have the mixer board you had to have like yeah. weird software yep. programs and switch gear and stuff it was a cobbled together deal to even pull something like this off so when i got invited to pull in radio network i paid the local radio station um to go record my podcast down there charles yeah. And then Zolik, I remember that's, that. how, that's how Zolik and I kind of became buddies because he was working at the radio station. 
and I would pay for to go in for a booth and I would do my interview and I would dial out. I had to pay the long distance bill. This is so funny. I had to pay the long distance bill at the radio station <laughs> <laughs> for my calls. Cause I was the only one dialing out long distance and, uh, oh my God, John Moore, WKRP and <laughs> pretty much. Yes. But so anyway, I would do that. And I remember like I, I got as Esden lane was my big one. Um, my dad lined that up for me and I called Esden from, from the radio station. And then, and then, then Bullock would, you know, go into the computer at the radio station and, upload everything and send them off to that i think is ray was his name Tuliki or whatever and, yeah uh, but he's yep. the one ray he's the one who named i mean he's like what i he goes what do you want to do get on this i said i just want to i just want to grow the polling i just want more people to love it like i do and he goes let's call it let's grow polling and i mean it's stuck we've stuck with it and i've tried all the different formats charles i think when we first started i think we were on youtube maybe only probably that was the only um, one that, yeah, YouTube was the first one to offer the live stream. It wasn't Facebook, Facebook or anything else. They started that. Yeah, because Facebook wasn't that yet. And then prior to prior to YouTube, you would have had to go to one of these websites and you'd have to pay for it. And it was a yep. streaming service. And, oh, boy, we, we tried that doing a couple of polls. And it took like six people to pull off. It was a nightmare in terms of trying to make you it and, You and Drew really tried way harder than we did. I mean, with your own stuff uh, in the studio and stuff like that, it was uh, yeah, it was just so tough that. And then I stumbled onto the Streamyard thing, and now Facebook live stream and UStream. There's a lot. There's a. I mean, it's everywhere. Anybody can. Yeah. You know, you can the podcasts I do are on my cell phone. I mean, there's so much stuff now. The technology is it's, it's insane. Yep. How much better it's it is. a lot easier now. So I just uh, I giggled today when I found this. I couldn't wait to show you guys. Um, but the vision was there, you know what I mean, and, and to do it, and and now people legitimately look forward to this every Monday night, and as well as I do. I mean, when you guys messaged yesterday and you said Holman's were coming on, I'm like, this is awesome. It's so cool because they, they give us they give us credibility too. Like yep. holy cow, you know the, the you know the Let's Grow Pulling guys had the Holman's on. You know that gives us credibility. So, and have it all you guys on. You know the the least Tucker calls us Hollywood Squares or whatever. Right. Um, it's cool. I'm just very grateful for our friendships and um, Illinois. Yeah. Frank Meyer. I just uh, fun fun fact, John. Since you're probably still watching, I grew up with a rotary phone still in the household. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to learn how to. I remember there was somebody that said like they asked a test question and says, "What happens if you dialed the wrong number?" You know how do you how do you correct that type of thing or whatever? And it's like, well, you hung up and you started redialing around the dial. Yeah, you apologized and said, "I'm sorry. I'll try back uh, and get the number right the next time." Yeah. Yep. We had the party lines. We get home in Iowa, and we'd have to jump on the phone to call your neighbor or whatever. Someday, guys, this will be us. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yes, I, I am old enough to remember this TV show. I, it's everything. It's everything. Um, met a few, uh, met a few fans uh, of the show in uh, Bedford on Saturday night. As a matter of fact, yep. Ryan, how was People the crowd? Who, uh, crowd was good. Okay, crowd good. was pretty good. Um, these guys came all the way out from Grand Island. 
Nebraska. Yeah, like Just the not. middle of Nebraska to southern Iowa. They they crossed the North Platte about six times, but from Grand Island to here. So yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, it's not a short drive. Let's put it that way. Past so, eight hundred and sixty-two million tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah. So Charles, I want to wrap this up, but I need to talk to you about uh, with on the show. What's this uh, pump? Middle thing, diesel supers. What's going I on? Don't know or understand why some classes are allowed to do it and others aren't. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, don't get it. Don't get it. Okay, I don't know. You guys know I love diesel supers, and that's my dream someday. Uh, and I don't quite. I don't know why anybody would do anything to just. To discourage any way from building a diesel super stock and that's kind of I, I i don't know if that's roger peterson that started that post who was it um it wasn't roger's name on it, it but somebody it was else. from his neck of the woods right but his yeah the team yeah um we got to get rich wine on here um i know he'll come on there has to be well no i'm not getting into it tonight yeah not i just um i received a call that my granddaughter yeah i want to show you guys i'm gonna yeah um let's do our wrap-ups and i'm gonna show a video of um uh shramix 360 video of a uh, young blood charles what do you got coming up buddy um i'm supposed to go to north carolina for rudy's fall truck jam but a decision is going to get made wednesday on how the hurricane is going to affect that if it looks like it's just going to be a washout it'll probably likely get postponed a few weeks but uh that's that's next for me okay does that mean that your direction of travel will change uh oh he's he's potentially he's, he, wants yes. to, he wants to hold your hand charles potentially, i do yes. i really do yeah that if, would actually make some that would actually firm up some plans for me yeah if, if i'll know wednesday if it get rains if it gets rained out i will probably go to wagglers okay good um can we before you hit the play button can we talk about the yeah the nature of um call outs and why it's good for the sport <laughs> no i love what wayman did jason hill was texting me yeah. with it i texted that to you last night Roos. um and uh jason hill was texting me within minutes saying he wants to double it uh, he will too so i hope they'd get that pulled off so kincaid and Hill. uh the kincaid already called jason and said you're on yeah, I think Jason Hill thought about throwing another five grand in because that's Hill's truck. We all know that. Kincaid drives right. it. Um, right. Yeah. I thought it was funny that Jordan Kinderman almost got called into it. <laughs> called yeah. out of retirement with the truck. That's Phil Roush was uh, about to loan him a turbo. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I love the call outs. I think it's fun. If nobody knows what we're talking about, Jason Wayman made a Facebook post that said, uh, what, <clears throat> Kincaid won Silver Series, or what did Kincaid win? Western? Yes, Kincaid was, uh, uh, yeah. no. no. Kincaid was Midwestern champion. Yep. yep, and Wayman was Western Series. Was Western Series. Okay, so uh, Built Diesel Mafia, Adam. Adam, you do an amazing job with social media. I'm proud to call you a friend. Uh, 10K for 3 trucks. And there'll be a crap load of them there. Mm -hmm. So ten grand, yeah. ten grand for three O trucks. Five to the win, and 
five to the winner and trickle it down after that. Do you guys remember fidget spinners? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I might have drank too much whiskey Friday at the golf course and bought. I have a new Blackstone. I'm going to the Brewer game Wednesday. Uh, I have a new toolbox from Napa Carlisle Tools. <laughs> <laughs> so about Sarah damn time me. you listened to me and bought a Blackstone. Sarah called me at seven because we teed off at noon. <laughs> and I golfed with Cleppy, and that's all I'm going to say. And next thing you know, they told me what I owed. And I said, ooh, I should get my checkbook because I don't have that much cash. <laughs> and Sarah had to bring the truck out to get everything. And I had to get a ride home because that was a responsible thing to do. But I put my Blackstone together yesterday, and oh, my God, I am so happy with that thing. And, uh, yeah, anyway. So, but I got a fidget spinner, Charles, and one of my thingies. So, Tony, who who builds my tractor, we were in his shop one night drinking the whiskey. And we got air guns out with the fidget spinner. And these things will break. And we don't have video of it, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So, so back back to uh, you just keep playing with your fidget spinner. Okay, thank you. Bro. Yeah. Back back to the uh, the Wagler deal uh, with uh, Adam's comments there. Ten grand for three O's, five K for the hot farms as well. So it'll be uh, it'll be a cool event. This is and, fun. This and, is fun. And I've 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 talked to a handful of. Uh, pro stock pullers over the past i don't know week or so and uh we could have a pretty okay close uh, pro stock class um i don't think 15 is out of the question maybe more so and i'm not being a smart ass but if simons and rons go that's eight right <clears throat> no because simons are not going Thank you. And I knew you would know and that. Rowan's and, and Rowan, I don't know how many he's going to bring. I talked to uh, Tim Vorwald. Um, I know that they that one of them, one of the chassis, or the, the rolling chassis is already sold. So theoretically, the motor's out of that. And it, didn't, it isn't going to make any more passes because it's, you know, Jason doesn't own it technically. Um, so three from him maybe four okay um talk to lemke or i i talked to esden real briefly sounds like they may be bringing some down yeah they they, um, hurt, they hurt the they hurt him in a this weekend so we'll see how many do. did they hurt both is what i was told but what they about also Wyoming? have like, Lemke motorsports and they're gonna be okay <laughs> they're gonna what about be okay. wildman's that's why I, I heard they're all hurt Ooh. But it's all rumor, not confirmed, no text messages, just random chatter. So damn it, Esden. I told you not to hurt him. <laughs> well, it's okay. It's okay. Why did you not listen, Esden? You had one job. Okay, so here we go. Schulte knows. Brown is bringing four. Okay. I should just start a thing like I'll volunteer to drive one semi somewhere and then I don't have to drive everywhere. Just be like, yep, I'll come pick it up. I'll be there. That's fine. Can I ride along? Absolutely. I want to ride shotgun. Absolutely. Thank you. You don't fit in the bed, so you're going to have to ride shotgun. Well, it's either that or I sleep or I roll in the living quarters. 
Yeah. Charles, when I, and that's, Charles, that's when I won the lottery. marginally legal. Charles, when I won the lottery, you're going to be my crew chief. So. Okay. So, but no, I know that um, there are multiple guys who are, uh, who are planning on coming. Um, and I think that we could have a pretty good show for, you know, the pro stocks and Adam says that a, there's a, a boatload of three O's coming. And I guarantee you that, I mean, there's plenty of three O's in, in, uh, Indiana. And now we know of at least one from Kentucky and one from, uh, Missouri that are going because there's five grand on the line. Yeah. Speaking of, so, there was a pile of trucks at Bedford. There uh, were. Uh, good track. Did you also happen to notice who jumped up? Mm, maybe you paying more. attention, Cody. No, I there was two. Not. There were a pair of two six trucks that jumped up, and I don't know if they bolted on three O chargers or if oh. they ran as two six. I'm pretty sure they bolted on three O chargers to run. Right, yeah, because they they pulled in both classes, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. At least one of those trucks you're going to see down in Georgia. Honestly, I'd be going to Wagglers to see one thing and one thing only. Two words: shop truck. Yeah. Yes. I saw that teaser video. Mm-hmm. All right, Charles, tell me more. Yeah. Show me more. Jeremy you... has resurrected the the Waggler shop truck. It's an Angler two wheel drive chassis with a screw blown Duramax. Oh my god! Is that on his Facebook page? Yeah, quite quite possibly the loudest truck in existence. It's the um, loudest he... diesel by far. Charles, yes. did he have the UCC that you? I was there. Yeah. Yep. yep. No. I think he not did. Not the year I... that. Not the year that you were there. Okay. The year before. He had something cool there that was loud, though, guys. But that he, that was the truck, but he he has since changed it. Yeah, he got rid of the turbos. Yeah, in a fairly yeah, in fairly massive fashion. Um, what's what's it called? What is uh, Waggler? What? Um, sports. Try, try Waggler Competition Products. Yeah, Waggler Competition Products. There it is. And there's a teaser video there that will give you kind of an idea of of how redonkulous this thing is. <laughs> That's the one right there. Well, the, the tug of war was sweet. Yeah. Thank you for staying up with us so late, people. Why isn't that the intro? Go to the next one. That one.
It's just made my day. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen it yet. Yo, you haven't seen this, huh? No, but I'm about to. That's a pretty sick truck, right? Tighten the chain, fellas. Come on. Sit here and spin. Right I really don't feel like there's any winners there because they're both just going to dig a hole to China. Yeah, it's but it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. That was a truck I saw. I mean, whatever yeah. you know, configuration it was, guys. So. <clears throat> Life's been good to me so far. Anything else, fellas? That's it for me. I got to hit it. Yep. Bruce? Nothing major. We'll uh, game day decision on whether or not I head down to Wagler on Saturday. Okay. My nephew gets married on Friday because he's a very poor planner and he didn't consult me first. <laughs> and, I know uh, so I may have to curtail any uh, uh, beverage consumption so that uh, I can haul out of bed at O'Dark 30 and uh, drive down to hang out with Adam and uh, Wagler. We'll see. I'm a, I'm a green light for that too, by the way. So, are you? Yep. Good. You might be able to keep me awake. Yeah. So we may have the whole crew there. Yep. Weather permitting. Or well, weather not permitting in yeah, the case right. of Rudy's. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my best friend Doc bought a house in Punta Gorda, and he's got a ring doorbell. And he's gonna live stream until the power goes out <laughs> from his camera on his on is his he, RBO. So. Wait, is is Doc actually living down there, or is no? He... No, he bought a house down there about. <coughs> so our wives were gonna be down there. They were gonna fly out Saturday out of this great Cedar Rapids International because it flies right into Punta Gorda, and they were gonna come home tomorrow or Thursday. But they decided they didn't want to get stuck down there because they shut the bridges off down there. And once the storms get bad, they just say. If you're here, it's your own fault. So yeah, we had a uh, we had a trade show that we were gonna, um, I believe, with Farm Credits that we were gonna be uh, set up at, and um, that got canceled this week too. Yep. So um, uh, I invested in some 360 GoPros, and Mackenzie and Doug and the team are starting to figure them out. So here is Stramix Tractor from Sandwich, Illinois, the Young Blood. So have a good night, guys. See ya. See ya. Maybe I should have invested in better internet. <laughs> have a good night. Thanks for watching our show. We appreciate you.
my granddaughter had been hit. The driver should have been in jail. Mandela Barnes supports no cash bail that puts criminals like Daryl Brooks back on the streets. Mandela Barnes doesn't have the judgment to keep our community safe.
Welcome to Beer Money Welcome Pulling Welcome to Beer Money Pulling Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Shut up. Hang on. Hang on.